How you doing? Good to see you. How are things? I I was just browsing Reddit and I didn't realize it was <laughs> it was open. No worries at all. We just had a bit of technical issues. It's this whole thing with DSLRs, my friend. Um, if you if you, I'll show you the photo later. They are so um, uh, uh, twitchy and like uh, fickle, <laughs> and so it's very hard to kind of. But obviously, the image quality—it's—it's it's now the standard. So, and if I hope to get you on a show on the same uh, Zoom with you know uh, J.K. Rowling herself or you know David Yates, that's we we really want to start setting that uh, that kind of setup up. Um, and that's absolutely what I plan on doing, bringing you on, bring Elise Tabor on. Um, but what a special, special time to be speaking, all things Wizarding World. So, but how does the day find you? How are you? How are you? How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 are we recording now? <laughs> we are. Yeah, we just, we always relax. It's, it's very chilled out. Uh, 330, whatever, plus episodes over time. We've just, yeah. you know, it's always just been really vibey and natural. But uh, yeah, no. So how does the day find you, my friend? I'm quite well. I am on holiday a little bit by my parents here in the summer. Excellent. A few things though to be sure I was ready for today. So I got my Hogwarts mug. Can you see it? And oh my god. That makes me so I'm so honored that you would do that. I mentioned my old wand that you know the Reddit post that I post. I brought that as well, so I had it to hopefully show today. Well, I am very honored that you uh brought some of your lovely uh elements from the wizarding world together with us and most of that i did is actually i'm manifesting that very soon hopefully we can see some uh, native uh, australian magic you know like we can actually start learning about australia's uh native magical culture um and as you know from the title of the podcast we actually if if for example if using the, the metaphor the wizarding world were like a big mansion you know uh uh, the the main big hall, it, like the, you know, Hogwarts Hall or whatever, like where the big lots of that activity is, is usually the Harry Potter, you know, the British Wizarding World. But I am so passionate about that word, world, like seeing more. There's so much more. Exactly, and so and I I take it that you hail from from I I said Germany. Would that be where you're from? No, Denmark. I am from Denmark. Yeah, and I Denmark. Just to get a little fun note, I I have this dream. I would love if there was like a hub, like a wizarding school, but for Scandinavian people, like between yes. Norway, Sweden, and Denmark, like out in the water, like on a cliff, and like our own little world, kind of building like a big Viking hall or something. Yes. I just love that. Yeah, little, yeah. Little, uh, idea I have myself. No, of course, and you know, as we know, uh, as uh, Joe has done, uh, there's always a little bit of wiggle room. Um, with uh, oh, she says eleven schools. Well, guess what? That was what this ancient, this one parchment said. Now there's actually sixteen, or there's yeah. the um, you know, say there's the eleven main ones, but then there are like some of the uh, the sort of uh, lesser, not not lesser, but like um. Schools that this here's the best angle. So the Scandinavian school that we're hypothetically talking about is so elite and like wants to be considered in a league of its own that it doesn't consider itself one of the main eleven. That it considers it sees these eleven as like the Walmart, <laughs> and your school would be like this very niche and very like proud and uh, like on on an entirely other level, and that's easily adaptable. Um, uh so good vibes there but one question technically so you are um currently a vertical with the video 
I was wondering. That's okay. Let's get you exactly. We'll go. <laughs> let's get you horizontal, so then you'll look really like nice and vivid. Perfect. Yes, I thought about bringing my computer, but through my Zoom meetings at school, I just have to acknowledge that my computer has horrible audio. So I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Your audio, Zoom is actually because you use Zoom for work. I take it. Yeah, a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, done for school. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, no, you sound perfect, and you look fantastic as well. So. So so happy to to have you on the show. And within a couple of minutes, I was like, yeah, I'm so so glad that. Um, well, so what what should I? Um, what's your preferred term? What 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 would you like me to call you? Oh, well, I'm Tia, and uh, Tia. the rest doesn't matter. That's uh, yeah. Tia, I am very very honored, and I'm going to. I'm this daggy. Okay, I like to just be the bigger that kind of guy. So, how to say? Uh, uh, I am honored in uh, Danish. I also have another amazing co-host, Katarin, so I have to learn how to say this too. Jäger uh, Beiret? <laughs> Let me see, wait. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, there you go. So I'm honored. That's what you can say that. We wouldn't really really say that. Yeah, uh, Eil. Yeah, Eil. Extremely honored to have you on the show. And and I'm actually going to be I'm heading. Yes, totally. Absolutely. Oh, love it. Perfect. Hello. Hello, Pupper. Our own fantastic beast. Here we go. Excellent. Oh, my God. I. It would not be. Uh, and we will be discussing that extensively. And so look at this Pupper right here. What? What is the name of this legendary creature? Yeah, she's my darling. And the, she lives here by my parents. So it's very good when I'm at home and we can spend Aww. some time. That's beautiful. And so it's Little Tia. That's the name? Tia. Tia, okay, so... Uh, oh. I'm Tia, and this is Fia. Oh, Fia, okay, cool, beautiful. Fia, yeah. Fia and Tia. That is a t-shirt. I should design that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. So, um, uh, I, I would love to know, if, if let's let's wind everything back. Uh, yes. Let's, let's begin, let's begin with... Uh, yes, let's, let's begin with you in the Wizarding World. When did you enter? I know that you've never left because you're, you, you are who you are. Uh, but when did you first encounter it? How long ago? Well, um, <laughs> one night, you know, this is way back before we had, you know, like Netflix and so on and so on. I We went to the gas station to get a, a video we could, you know, watch one night. It was mm -hmm. a weird H, yeah. And I went with my dad to the gas station. So this was special, you know, because we didn't, I mean, we, we never did something like that. Yeah. And we go in and we're looking around and dad picks down this blue box and goes, oh yeah, this is like all the rage right now. This is like, everyone is talking about this. We should see this. I'm like, oh, okay. Aww. And we bring it home, put it in and I was enthralled. Absolutely just in love with it. And within those 24 hours we had it, I watched it like over and over and over. So before long, my parents had to get my own copy actually. Um, and I watched that uh, in the Danish dub to the yes. point where I could play the dialogue from the beginning till the end, just like... <laughs> Memory? <laughs> oh wow, you are really, yeah. you're, you're to the core. I love that. Well, I, as I, as you know, probably I'm autistic and I have ADHD, so maybe that should have been a sign back then. Cool. But, uh, I think <laughs> but I might... I well the thing is like you are amazing and you have an amazing energy and i just mm -hmm. with every second that you're on the show i keep getting more and more grateful that i've met you and that you're on the show because um i actually i i consider myself uh i don't know with like diagnoses or anything but certainly across the network you can see uh i i i do 
I do like to focus. I relate a lot uh, to that experience that you've just, you know, uh, described, and I've always connected really uh, organically with, with with folks like as you've described. And um, I I always see this as a uh, man, like the way that that manifests, and the way that my fiance and I talk about this all the time is how you channel that sort of thing, and you've channeled it in in the best way. It's a. I think you're living really well. I dig it. I dig it. Um, <laughs> And you happen to find yourself in an extremely wizard, wizard worldy. Like you could be honestly, like that could be. Uh, uh, I I have this strong memory from reading the the books mm-hmm. of uh, uh, that coziness. Like you've got your little chair there, the little you know the the yard in the background, and I see that you're living that kind of uh, that kind of vibe as well. You know, I love that beautiful. Yes, and she takes a swig <laughs> from it. Oh, that makes me so happy. Um, so that's beautiful. And so that would have been, uh, I not sure because you're actually, I'm, it's fine. I'm finding it hard to place you, uh, uh, just like timeline wise, because you're, you're you're looking well after yourself, but, uh, are we talking, let's say, let's say, I think we, both of us, we can just say pretty decisively, we've both been in the wizarding world for over 20 years. Correct. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm 20. Well, I'm saying I'm 26 now, and I think mm-hmm. I started when I was about maybe nine. So we, we're close. There you go. Yeah. And um, that's what's you know talking and speaking about time and, and anniversaries and and all that. I um with the, with the timing of Fantastic Beasts three, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I I find so many interesting little magical things coming together that's why i reached to the right of me and i i I brought this one over the uh the Mm -hmm. art of the original film um and maura leamy which we need to now we love you so much maura this woman who runs the site fantasticbeastsmovies.com it's in the description she is one of the hardest probably the hardest working um wizarding world uh you know correspondent uh she needs to be i'm we're hoping at some point to have her on the show. She's very, very... You know about Mora, by the way? Yeah. Not, not really, I must admit. Well, you don't? But I, I know there is that website. I've, uh, yes. Been Absolutely. So I'll actually do... I've been trying to get better with technology. And I... <laughs> all right, Beast. And what she does is um, very, very handily. Like, she keeps such a close uh, and devoted. And ultimately, like, she actually enhances the experience of everyone. Um on this uh on this journey that we're all up to which which i really love like it's yeah i um would you say i think i don't want to stretch you know the, def- the definition of it but uh would i be correct in assuming that fantastic beast 3 is on your pretty high on your list of what you're looking forward to next year definitely definitely um you, you know, having that whole event, you know, I, I didn't see, I think the first Harry Potter film I saw in the cinema was, I want to say the third movie, um, because, I, you know, the first one had already been out a while when I saw that, and I think the second, I wasn't quite old enough, and then the third was, you know, when I got started, and having that, you know, that thing, you know, just waiting, and also with the books releasing and such, you know, just that thing you're waiting for, like, it's going to come, it's going to come. And definitely with Fantastic Beasts now, like, you know, you want to know where this is heading and you want to know all about Dumbledore and the family. Oh and it, yes, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're so like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm no, I watch it. The, I luckily my brother uh, also quite enjoys like the Potter World. So we go together. We have a little deal to see them together. And Aww. it's been <laughs> quite good. Yeah. And I, of course, buy all the films. I have them on 
I know I'm a bit old age, but I have them still on DVD and I play them on my Xbox occasionally. No, so. you you own how awesome that is. I I believe we we peaked at DVD. <laughs> I think that was no, like. It's just amazing, you know, looking cozy. I love it. Mm. Book, you know, having a book in a physical, you know, you're standing on your shelf. Oh, my lighting is bad, sorry. But you, you're having something to look at them, and you can be like, oh yeah, I read this. This is this adventure. I can open it again. I can look at it again. And it's the same yeah. with DVDs. It's, I also my video games. I buy them on discs because I'm just like I want them. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you and I now. Okay, you gave me that tangent, so I'm gonna take it. Uh, that segue. Hogwarts Legacy, Miss Video Game Lady. Um, what platforms? Oh, I, I know. So give me your full Hogwarts Legacy. I think this would be. It's definitely um, the highest anticipated for me next year. Even even considering a lot of the others, like within the other spheres that I do shows for and stuff. Man, I've we've all been daydreaming of that game, Hogwarts Legacy. And what did you think of the trailer? I mean, I, I saw the trailer and was also just like, yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Mm. Um, I was a little, just, now I must admit, I haven't really kept track with it for a while because life has just been so busy and such, but I've, I heard it wasn't going to be multiplayer and I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 you know, like, I really wanted the like, big open MMORPG because I'm an MMORPG player, like, you know, where you're just like walking Hogwarts, you got all your friends, you got like uh, stuff and such. Yeah. I was really hoping for it, but but I'm still excited. I can't wait. I um, I'm definitely gonna look into getting it, and uh, I hope to go on that adventure. You know, go to Hogwarts. Like, but again, it's you know, in the 1800s in the 1800s. T that come on, like I just think yeah. I, I think that was uh uh I'm I'm you I don't know if you saw some of like the reaction stuff that I and I it came completely organically. I I. I think I did. I did some reactions for a while, but with this, and I, I moved away from that kind of content because I just, you know, love and light to each their own. It's not my natural thing. But when the trailer came on, I, um, man, I, I, I definitely had a moment. I had like, I think it was a hot day, uh, and I had my shirt off, and I was watching, and I kind of teared up. I was like, oh no, this is. I just had no concern whatsoever for you know like i didn't feel any i was shamelessly extremely excited because everything of what we had been hoping for ended up coming true um and if if you look at my like post history and stuff and i actually am the the mod uh the soul mod of uh the wizarding world subreddit and i founded it and stuff like that and 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 i posted it there and um for me uh, there's a rebirth at hand soon, you know, not just Mads Mikkelsen uh, coming in as Grindelwald, like, there's... Oh, yeah, I have things about that, because you know, he's Danish. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about that. Uh, the rebirth... What, that, yeah. yeah, and I, I love that. It's like, oh, so we've reached episode 10 of the Wizarding World, po- Wizarding World podcast, and there's just that thing of, like, switching from nine, like, to one digit, to two digits, like, there's a I loved that we are that we are like throughout the um, the community. We are all ready for a change, for like a really positive, uh, uh, you know, um, all inclusive change to the community. I'm sure you know what I'm referring to. We just need to yeah, yeah, yeah. M- make the walls disappear, and so that we can all just let everyone in and just like enjoy. And I think that's what we're already doing. We're just waiting for <laughs> Joe herself to catch up <laughs> with that vision. And, and what we do is like, we don't like to, you know, start or add to any drama or anything. We just, we believe for me on this show, especially is just good vibes and good energy. Good and vibes, so what, 
yeah whatever produces that that understanding that dialogue about like that's the most important thing because ultimately it's about uh on the very first level even though we love the wizarding world like we live in the real world and it's important to to have all of that sorted so that you can then fully enjoy this beautiful um I call it Trojan horse escapism, which is you go into the wizarding world, you think, well, you don't think like you're escaping things entirely, but you have a sense that you're going into another world. And yet in that other world, we end up finding ourselves and we end up finding lessons that we can apply to life. Uh, certainly friends and communities. Have you made a lot of friends through the Harry Potter and like wizarding world community? It's definitely been through life, you know, it's kind of a thing, you kind of start vibing with somebody and, and then yeah. someone, you know, conversation kind of goes or like, oh, they see, you know, you're wearing your half a pair, like, oh yeah, I'm a Ravenclaw, and, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, and, and then it goes on and you kind of have that closer connection, because it's like, if all of us have read the Harry Potter books, we've been on the same adventure, all of us have seen the movies, we have been in the same universe, it's like, you know, meeting somebody who used to live in the same town as you, but you know, through life just but a different way. But it's definitely like you have that familiarity. Um, yeah. and, you know, and then you can always get in discussions, like, you know, the snake discussion is always one you can bring up and I can either become very heated or very gentle and nice. Yes, <laughs> that's absolutely right. That is absolutely right. Well, here's another thing. I, um, <laughs> speaking of Snape and speaking of some of these like staple characters, um, Fantastic Beast 3 is really teeing itself up to, uh, even though I am a giant advocate for the expansion of the world, I cannot wait. That's why this episode is called One Year Till Brazil, not just because it rhymes. I know. Um, and very close. We're actually going to have... We, he was, was going to join us originally, but uh, there was just a bit of a scheduling thing I want to mention at the top of the show. Luke from Sleepy Talk, we love you very much. Apologies about some of the just timing and, and, and like uh, there was just, a, I think, an, um, just a bit of a, a communication uh, yeah, disalignment when it came to like scheduling and stuff but love and light to you we are going to get luke on for episode 11 which okay now to say I'm just, I, i've been saying t um so it's how do you spell your name i want to get it perfectly so i, I t-h-e-a thea thea what a beautiful yeah. wizard worldy name so thea um we want we're manifesting this now in a couple of weeks with comic-con you know at home Let's come on. And like, I'm speaking directly to the Wizarding World team here. It's like, you know what? Give us, a, 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 may we may we please have the title? <laughs> like, I think the title of Fantastic Beast 3 would, uh, would do a lot for, um, you know, guiding us down this, uh, this new journey of, of what this film will be. I, uh, I have some thoughts about um, the, the, the title and what it might be. Do you have any speculation on what the title might be for Fantastic Beasts 3? Uh, not really. I do admit, and I think now you're kind of saying it, I must admit like, you know, usually I keep up with like Harry Potter related stuff. I, I do, you know, keep up with the media and such. And now I'm realizing, I'm like, we know very little about this movie other than it's in Rio, right? That so is. that's why it hasn't really caught my attention much that I didn't even realize we didn't have a title. Um, but, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And so it's yeah, but I, I'm I'm gonna put an estimate and say something with Phoenix. Something with Phoenix, exactly, uh, because of yeah. uh, this um, very, I mean, the the Dumbledores. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's something that uh, 
we have a, we have so much rich potential there with uh, some of what I've read. Now, uh, Taya, I want to like just ahead of time cover off. I've fully read uh, this uh, supposed plot leak or whatever. We don't have to discuss it if you don't want to. That's totally fine. Um, are you aware of that one there? That's happened. No, I actually wasn't. Um, okay. But I, it always like with everything, you know, there are leaks, and then when yeah. it finally releases, you realize that either it was a hoax or there was some juice uh, to it. But yeah, you, you can <laughs> tell me. I mean, if you're open to talk about it on the stream, I'm open for it. Oh well, okay. You said it. As long as I yeah. have your express <laughs> consent, we are going to bring fine. them. We're going to bring them up and let's go through it. And I think that'll be a nice basis for discussion. And now, obviously, to anyone tuning in, uh, it's important to recognize that this very much could be, um, you know, as as Taya wonderfully eloquently expressed, they could be, um, you know, fabricated. Uh, you know how? Yeah, exactly. It could be fake leaks. You know, fake leaks is also an important thing. Disney actually does this. Um, yeah, it, Disney does this. Yeah. And which is... Uh, I think very crafty, <laughs> crafty, and uh, it, it allows for everyone to be like everyone to have their bases covered, uh, that uh, people can have fun speculating, but then at the same time, there's no worry for like things uh, like properly leaking out. Yeah, just say there was a crazy thing about Crowns of Grindelwald, mm -hmm. like you know that thing with with the credence. Maybe I'm gonna say maybe being a Dumbledore yeah. dropped so hard in the theater because no one had even the slightest like fantasy to imagine that could be a yeah. thing at the point at least from what i know so you know um leaks are dangerous in that regard but and that's are. why i'm also like you know leaks can also lead you astray definitely yeah they absolutely can and look uh and we want to really really emphasize this that uh um you know uh ben tony for example said that i'm i'm afraid of of discussing them because my channel will get taken down um i uh i honestly think that First of all, if there's any issue that if we'll be contacted or something, uh, then we can clip this out. It's totally fine. So there's a bit of, you know, they're right there. It, uh, if the edit ends up having to be that I have to clip it out, there you go. We discussed it. If not, let's dive into it. So me and my, I love how so before earlier you were like, uh, when I said we were discussing the, the origins for you and the, the Wizarding World, uh, you were like, well, on a... <laughs> Long, a long time ago, on like this special night, I love that you sort of set the atmosphere. Um, I'll give a brief, maybe ten second uh, recap of me with Wizarding World. I um, first encountered the books in Ascoli Piceno in Italy, which is a medieval village. Uh, my, uh, I am uh, half-blooded Italian. <laughs> I, I spent a couple of years living in Italy, and sono bilingual italiano, so I, I'm bilingual Italian. And uh, Montefiore del Lago. Sorry, oh, that's amazing. He's just, he's, he's a big, passionate Italy. He's a fan of Italy. I, I, I approve your dog doing that. And uh, now his one, his name, so now I have T-H-E-A, that's your name. And now his yeah. name is, is it is it P-H-I or like Fea or? Her name is F-I-E, P. P. Oh, Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum. I love that. That's amazing. Uh, and who knows, I think maybe your dog might secretly be like some kind of like troll creature that imagine that could be a very wizard worldy type thing of like absolutely uh, a, a creature that is I like mean, a little, I can, can i just you know. say i'm really disappointed that the hogwarts does not allow dogs like come on <laughs> you know how cute she was <laughs> we have a theory uh, my wonderful uh, co-host and i we're gonna get her on either 11 and 12 like going forward she's great um mm -hmm. uh yeah we <laughs> 
she gave this theory of like maybe in Hogwarts Legacy we actually get to experience uh, the, in in the story like we can have Matagos, we can have Nifflers and everything. And I mm -hmm. think imagine if Hogwarts Legacy told the story of why, like why only a certain amount of certain kind of creature is allowed, <laughs> so that maybe there's like some incident or something that uh, we find out why we can only. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And that's just a theory. My theory why is because some animals are easier to transform in magic than others and you need the animals at the school that you know you can use in classes and such and that's why they allow certain uh, right i was just the thought i remember i had ages ago <laughs> so. yeah 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 i think you know no elise would uh, totally agree with you there that's that's really rad so i'm, I'm looking forward to meeting her she was on um uh, a couple of episodes ago and and we love her very much and i love her very much she is a pal to my core amazing and my also my fiance ray like we talk about she dressed as a she did like a nagini inspired outfit for when we went to see um uh, crimes of grindelwald uh i'm gonna we're gonna we just found a house together her and i here in canberra and we're gonna have a halloween housewarming and uh, she uh, picked up a coat for me uh which is very like newt's commander inspired so i'm gonna go as newt it's gonna be great and oh, if you if you happen to be in Canberra for any reason, you are invited there. You are. Thank you. Oh, I'm starting to get very excited about designing the Thea and Fee shirt. I just have to. Like, you guys are such a duo. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. So, Warner Brothers, please let us know. Uh, uh, look, and I am prepared. It's totally fine. And I will figure out, however, if they take down the whole damn channel without us knowing just because we shared this, you know what? <laughs> hopefully not uh again it's this we're, we're protected by the fact that it's a it's a smaller youtube channel um we're also embedding this fa fairly um a fair a fair amount into the episode uh given plenty of warning um and again as you said there it could be complete you know you know absolutely just the fooey it could be complete fooey but off we go so one night or one day rather i find myself uh, you know, with work, you sort of, um, you balance a bit of like that work stuff. I'm in an office, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm braving that wild until I can jump fully away and do the media stuff all the way. And it's cool. Like I, I, I know we've had like Daniel Masuti and uh, Tommy Old Jenkins and like things are really coming together with, uh, you know, building that network. And my, one of my leading passions, as I was discussing way back in the day, Found the book 1998-1999, just an old grey copy of the, I think it was uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, I think. Um, or, yeah, well, it was it was one of those early books, let's put it that way, for sure. And uh, yeah, my first experience with, of, you know, with the Wizarding World, Harry Potter, I was saying Hermione, or Hermione, Hermione, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it just reminded me, like, that's, you can kind of tell with, like, the different regions of the world, and then, obviously, when we saw the films, we're like, oh, different pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, you know, swept off right off the bat. There was a game that I was playing called Medieval on 1998. There was a, a pumpkin patch level that whenever I would read the chapters from... Uh, um, yeah, the Prisoner of Azkaban, you know, when I, and, I, and then when I see the, the 2004 film and I see that kind of pumpkin patch, I'm like, oh yeah, I sort of connect the two in my mind. Um, and uh, I've said this, I was reviewing some of the show just, you know, with the idea that maybe I'll clip a couple of things that I said super early on in reference to either Hogwarts Legacy or uh, Fantastic Beasts 3. Uh, and I discussed like how this world... Um, 
it really is just uh you know second to none with its inclusiveness with its um the sense that it could just be and that it is frankly like magic is real like we could turn a corner and this world would be there for us you know i think that brings it closer to to us as you know humans living on planet earth uh, then i think any other even like lord of the rings was you know set many many years ago uh star wars is another galaxy but we could i could uh pull up a blind or jump into a uh, you know a yes, suitcase and i would be there and you know i think it has some things in common there but not even more than with narnia because narnia is this like complete other world whereas this is a world that lives in parallel with our own and it's it it really right. has that honestly it is the I official say, yeah yeah go ahead go ahead that, that thing where it's like any of us mm. could be the part of this world that was especially a big thing for me as a child mm. um where you know like, short story I, i really struggled with childhood with bullying and so on and so on and not feeling i fit in and just being like well maybe i'm a witch that's why i don't fit in and the weird stuff happens wow. to me all the time so of course you know right so so it was very easy to live into this world because it's like well it, it could be me it, it, it could be me could you imagine right and um and i really sincerely thought that for <laughs> quite a while um and that's yeah I completely yeah I vibe with that so much and it's the home of the outsiders it's actually a collective of outsiders you know um which is so solace bringing and I am certain the wizarding world has saved many many lives just with that idea of uh, encountering people taking yourself out of your own head um and finding yeah uh, it's it's not even a question that uh, people have chosen to you know find out more to the to the human experience than just believing just those dark you know thoughts and stuff like that and i say this about depression is that it's like a a fog that uh desperately wants you to believe that it's a, a gray impenetrable concrete wall and um, but if you reach out to it your hand will go right through it and you can actually step through it and realize that it's not a wall of, yeah it's not a prison you can have um um Oh, yeah. happiness can be found that even the darkest of times if only remember to turn on the light and this is literally what has carried me through yeah basically a big portion of my life absolutely oh um, i completely agree. And i also kind of wanted to say you know one just kind of i don't know if it's off, off topic but anyway it was in my mind and i remember as a child you know going to school with incompetent teachers with students who didn't get who i was mm. and often having to kind of fight for my needs and such mm. and imagine like Okay, so you could go to this school where ma- food, for instance, just magically appears, and there's always food you like because it's like magical. And the school, the teachers are you know really competent and intelligent and wise, and you have a weapon or whatever you need to fix right by your hand. You can just like wave your hand, and you've you know whatever you broke is fixed. And imagine that world, you know, a child that's just like fighting through. So that was really that draw, being like, yeah, I can just be in this world, and 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 everything is just. Good, you know. Of course, there are conflict. There's kind of like the conflict's a bit bigger. It's like evil wizards trying to take over the world. It's not just like, <laughs> oh, I knocked over my favorite glass. Now I can't drink out of it. So. <laughs> yeah, there's usually more problems than those sort of normal ones, which also is a great metaphor for you know. Okay, things seem tough. I understand, but guess what? In the ma- in the in the wizarding world, you could die at any time. <laughs> And imagine like it's it's it's, it's funny. Uh, it's one of those things which people are like, oh, they I think they overintellectualize the idea that Hogwarts is so dangerous and. First of all, you need to apply that fairy tale aspect to it. You also need to apply how the Wizarding World has very different 
um, you know, high, uh, like a different sense of the scale of danger. And uh, it actually has a beautiful parallel for even if it's this wizarding world, there's dangers, uh, uh, you know, around every corner. And it is this metaphor for you need to you know, have your wits about you. You need to have your wand nearby because if you don't know how to make that, you know, like say that exact spell in that exact moment, like, you know, there are, there are dragons in this world. There are like centaurs and like, like zoos in this world that like you need to, you know, you need to have your wits about you for sure. And I think um, I find that to be, I just, I find that charming. I find just how dangerous Hogwarts is. It's, there's a bit of a Monty Python aspect to it like yeah and and i think even you know uh, I, just, I remember watching the movies things seem quite well you know as a child before i read the books it was like you know oh this is funny this is whimsical this is kind of like the sign to it when i read the books i realized just how do you call it you say monty-esque uh, monty python like i'm like yeah like how random yeah. <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, but it's, it's it's the British humor. Having you know, by now consumed quite a lot of like British books, series. You know, you also have like the Discworld series and such. That that humor with that randomness is just quite entwined. So that's what the Harry Potter books also, um, you know, are with. And I think again, this is a bit out of topic. Sorry, I don't know. If, no, please but, continue. Um, well, please don't be conscious, like self conscious. Go into as much detail any topics yeah, you like. That's. Right. But, but like I think a lot of um, people around the world, because they not, might not be as knowledgeable about kind of like the English humor and the English way of telling stories and such, they might actually lose some things in the books. Mm -hmm. um, because it is that when it's whimsical, it's whimsical, if you know what I mean. It so, very like, much is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weaponized whims whimsy. Weaponized whimsy. <laughs> you can say that, yeah. I love that. I love that. And we're going to have a lot of that in... Um, this upcoming film for certain uh what i might do is um just either in the links or something or you can just even look on our, on our network there i might even bring it up now that i'm getting crafty with the internet um uh not not too long ago speaking of uh being able to just see not just the, the wonder but the dangers of these different regions of the wizarding world is um if you just go to the uh, instagram uh it's just wizarding podcast um mm -hmm. and uh it was a ding, was a ding, INGP podcast. And what I've actually done is uh, I did a, a similar thing to what Disney does and like Marvel, whatever. They kind of have um, this sort of uh, kind of vision of, of the future of the Wizarding World. And that's what, as I mentioned, this kind of new beginning that we're all going to be experiencing very soon uh, with um there is a there's a, a, a re almost like a reboot button like a, a restart button has been pressed since because like there's been covid uh there's been um a, a lot of tumultuousness in, in the community with with what we all know what i'm talking about with 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 joe uh, and what what i'm just heavily manifesting is for this unity you know like people coming together and in and that pa that's paralleled actually in the 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 fantasy sorry in the fantastic beast series with um this idea of really needing to come together to to face what's coming because uh you know in the fantastic beast stories it's this thing of world war ii it's this thing of grindelwald against uh, his uh lover slash nemesis you know um Dumbledore and um, what I I think is going to be important as we go along because I think these stories function uh, perfectly when they're when they're seen as metaphors you know that's yeah. kind of what I yeah I mean you know when I was going through and um, like experiencing the books like I couldn't help but read parallels of 
you know, okay. So as you said, like you had some bullying stuff for me, uh, I had, um, I think the biggest thing for me was getting in my head a lot. And, uh, this thing of, I, I would sort of devalue myself to, 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 you know, to other people. And I think there's this certain journeys in the story about self-esteem, which oh, yes. were like, they really like helped me with like, Oh, wow, this person like really, you know, asserted themselves and actually see that in, in the dialogue uh, and in the, the character growth. And so with, with Harry, like going, going, I mean, to Harry, look at this. Like, I'll just use this. He's a readily available example. You know, he, he goes, he has a, an arc of being like, very very shy and very like oh you know i'm not a wizard you know to being this person who's leading a defense against the dark ass class like he has an arc you know <laughs> like that is uh, powerful one of the great things i will say and one of the things i actually pit well uh, maybe you can still do it but still the great things about the harry potter world was growing up with the harry potter world it was like you know so you, so you know you're about 11 years old you read the first book and you're like oh yeah here's harry as 11 you know you recognize that shyness you recognize that like you know worry you recognize the start of a new thing that seems quite big and then you go to the next one Sorry. Absolutely. Sorry, my dumb dog, right? I'm just gonna. <laughs> Your dumb her. dog. <laughs> She's gone outside. What are you doing? If you want to let her back in, you can do that totally. Um, I'm just gonna run okay. Yeah, you but let yeah. her back in. So, this is this thing that I developed. You can, can you see it on the screen? Yes. This one there. So, that's just me um, really envisioning and uh, manifesting what we will be experiencing going forward with Ooh. this. I know, yes. I know. So you have a couple of uh, different projects there to, to have a look at. If people are, you know, watching on the screen, you can see it on the right there. Um, and yeah, so Marauders, Founders, Ministry, Auras, Wagadu, each of the schools. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's you know, the, it's important to actually also work with like i have this thing of like let's blow open the wizarding world let's really embrace that phrase the wizarding world um but i'm you know i'm not uh i'm not uh uh you know closed off to the idea that the the lens through which we have learned about these worlds is through the schools so it's like okay yeah. well let us let's it's go to the schools then let's have you know ilvomoni legacy let's have mahotokoro legacy right uagadu legacy like all these games where we can actually go and experience them um i i uh i can you know i'll, I'll stay cordial about it but i i think that the wizarding world uh currently the community i just is way too <laughs> british imperialistic like there's just uh, it's very disproportionate considering just how huge the wizarding world is how exciting that idea is of going to like uh, you know, the Celtic wizarding world or, you know, um, yeah, like the Korean wizarding world or the Japanese, you know, like I, I just, that's what really, really excites me about where we're going. Um, and so all I'm waiting for is, uh, you know, obviously we have this anchor and I think it's intuitive to, you know, make sure like we're, we're, we're looking into this, um, mystery of the Dumbledores, which we'll get to now in the, uh, in the, um, breakdown, which I have here. Uh, but along the way, I love the idea of, you know, it's, I think it's quite strategic of, of, of Joe and, and Cloves to say, okay, it's that Trojan horse thing of like, you think you're just coming along with this deepening of Dumbledore's story. Um, but also along the way, we're making you really like start to fall in love with like, oh, the Brazil, like Castelo Brujo, like the beautiful mm -hmm. Brazilian wizarding world that awaits us. And so, yeah. 
that's that's you know it's been for as i said before being you know a girl from denmark and all i knew in my childhood was like oh you know they're wizards at hogwarts i want to go to hogwarts but i'm not british you know and there's that conflict and um you need it i i I, 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 it's really good to get that uh, interpretation where like you um you you get to to see how it really is in your world. Until now, we have only been able to dream. And I'll also say, mm. the Harry Potter world lives best in the imagination of fans because it's it given to us. And we, when we explore it and we learn, as you also said earlier, we learn about ourselves in this universe. We also get to develop it. But it's definitely also good to have a, like a standpoint to develop it from. So mm. like if if I knew, I would I'd love to know like is there a Scandinavian school? And I'd love to also give attention to to countries around the world that have different cultures. Um when I remember when Joe came out with that whole thing about like, you know, like the African magic and like the magic in Australia and you know how the different schools were and how they like, I think it was something about like uh, was it in Asia somewhere where yeah. they would float? they're like floating around or something is that am Absolutely. I remembering that? Yeah, with, with Mah- I'll give you just another example. Mahatokoro, like they instead of brooms, they have giant kestrels, like big giant birds yeah. that they fly around on. It's it's so it's it's just beautiful. And it then like in, yeah yeah, where you can combine from it, you're like oh yeah, this would be my world if you know mm. it was there. Mm. and i want to i'll just throw this out like it's just an impression are you a writer by any chance like you write a little bit no i i not really not okay. really but i've okay. always done quite good grades when i turned in like danish assignments okay well here's the thing i still want you on the team this is the team that i want for you over there in denmark i i want for in like couple of months or whatever maybe before the end of the year for the wizarding world to announce this uh, global international initiative where okay. we open the we open the doors to the creative community uh in what is i'm referring to as the wizarding world story group uh mm-hmm. similar to how star wars has a star wars story group and to have uh, a collective of like you know uh, let's just call it scan like the scandinavian you know, norway denmark you know uh, sweden um we're actually gonna head there very soon i'm very excited <laughs> uh, finland i i just have such a connection there i'm got polish ancestry but i've got germanic to me as well and there's a there's there's some connections there and i, I love that region of the world um and yeah and the netherlands and stuff like that but but yeah so what i would love is yeah a scandinavian uh, collective of writers and filmmakers that they take care of the scandinavian schools and then in africa like all the african female uh trans uh um you know all all kinds of different uh you know authors within within yet like the, the african sphere telling africa's stories you know and just so that like joe had this beautiful thing of like calling it the wizarding world she didn't have to it really she could have just said oh it's the harry potter the world of harry potter and the world still hasn't quite adopted the wizarding that's why i called this to signal boosted the wizarding world podcast or the wizarding podcast for short um either is fine to use just like with the never-ending story podcast we do we it's like oh, you can call it the never-ending podcast if you want you know it's just wizarding never-ending um and so that's i just yeah and like an australian school frankly we are the oldest um extant culture uh you know the uh, aboriginal australians and they they knew magic let's just put it that way like like stuff here you can just see some of the um 
deference yeah, and, and yeah the kinship with with the, the natural world i do some writing with the quantum myth and they uh i have this thing called the ever shaping in, in some of the work that i do which is based uh, is has this kinship with this uh, thing in aboriginal culture called the dreaming which is a time of all times it's like past present and future happening at once that's some of my patterns that I design are like inspired by that too, which all have to do with like the magical properties of certain, uh, you know, in divination, for example, one of the practices of like shamans was to scatter a couple of different branches and twigs. And then the, uh, the wizard or, or, or the witch, you know, would read a certain meaning. That's why Trelawney is one of my favorite because she sees the symbols, you know, when you look at all of my symbols, you can actually start to pick up on uh, different uh, silhouettes and what they can mean mm -hmm. and so and obviously Sirius with his Sirius Black with his tattoos like he's very kindred to me as a, as a character so I would love to see like Aboriginal elders like acknowledged and like consulted on the yeah, and that was one thing is like she developed some of this mythos for Ilvermorny with the Irish uh, origins that's fine but I would love for Native American uh, authors uh, you know again male female trans uh, LGBTQIA like every single like facet of the wizarding worlds and then like mesmer worlds like within that all represented telling culturally appropriate stories from those cultures and then it then this is the best thing there is using that as this opportunity for people to fall in love with and then like support those those cultures and like learn more about you know danish folklore from like you know like specific Dan like um you know uh, unmistakably trademark really genuine um authentic danish uh the danish experience like conveyed through the lens of the wizarding world so even if it's well, this big that, uh, yeah go ahead you know, with norway and sweden I mean, not because i know a lot about the topic i know a little bit they involve norway and sweden sweden they're very in tune with like their like their myths like they know a lot about like all these different uh, creatures like magical creatures you could say it that are part of their history Fossilium. and then, <laughs> then like, very like we don't have a lot of magic here. We, we mm -hmm. I think the, the only thing we'll really know is our Christmas Nissa. Mm -hmm. uh, and Nissa is like basically a San, the Santa helper nowadays, but they have quite like an extensive myth and uh, stem from being a house god from the Viking age. Um, but we don't really like if you ask somebody on the street, you know, if you ask somebody on the street, like, you know, about magical beings that, you know, they were there in the medieval age, people believed in them. People mm -hmm. just don't know. I would love as well as like having that opportunity to kind of dive in and say, well, what stories do we have? Do, can we bring something from the past? You know, those, yeah. those creatures we used to know to, the, uh, to the, the modern day and then entwine it into our modern lives. And I absolutely, I think that would be such a fun thing to do. We have um, to. Thea, yeah. <laughs> let's make it happen. I think one thing I believe in manifesting sure. and I believe well, in like... Right um. So. <laughs> Say again. Sorry, I missed that. You are in my DMs, so you just write a, write a message. <laughs> Absolutely, we will, and we will. What I want is to have you and Elise and everyone like who's been on the show and that will be on the show. I want us to have like a big party of some kind, either if it's on Zoom, preferably in person, where we can actually show up at the premiere, meet some of these actors and filmmakers and, and crew. Especially one of the things I want to do, uh, Thea, is um, is bring in 
like these very lesser known f- figures lesser like like criminally undersung artists like they're all a dm away <laughs> on instagram some of the concept artists that have worked on these films um some of the people who run like the the theme parks and stuff like they all have these i'm sure amazing stories of having uh found their way into the wizarding world and artists like i'll just bring up this one for example um if i'm crafty Uh, this is why I need um going to bring more and more people into that like we can have like a, a a live media manager so that they can um do some of this stuff here okay okay all right yeah oh and I have to bring this up super quickly um uh the, yeah because I, I, I mentioned earlier about some of like the the magic that's sort of happening with um uh with the like the 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 synchronicities and the okay all I'm this is what I'm going to say in the first two Harry Potter films Grindelwald was played by sorry Dumbledore was played by Richard Harris right yes um due to circumstances which we're all familiar with and I have personal thoughts about everyone has personal thoughts about we'll just we'll, we'll uh we can open that up to another maybe another um episode to kind of fully dive into because we want to honor the complexity of that situation or or rather the non complexity how like fairly simple and stuff um uh in the third installment where there there was a little bit of uncertainty there's a bit of a parallel happening where on the third installment Dumbledore was played by Michael Gambon from then onwards yeah. and so with the third installment of exactly Mads Mikkelsen you know from yes. i don't know maybe can you just tell me what country Mr Mads Mikkelsen is from Mads Mikkelsen he is Danish and he's he it's quite funny because um <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say so I grew up watching Mads Mikkelsen and his brother he has a very talented brother that in some yes, cases Lars. in Denmark we will actually consider his brother Lars being the more like because Mads amazing but by all means I love you Mads but he always kind of like plays these like typecast roles you don't yeah. really often see a lot of like he's always kind of bad he's always kind of like this like dark character um and Lars is more like plays more different things he's kind of like one of those chameleons we're like oh that was Lars you know you, you keep forgetting um right. so but it's so cool seeing Mass getting well getting this amount of fame and getting mm. this like just out there and kind of creating this interest for Denmark as well yeah um so i am when i heard that he was going to get the role i was like you know i mean i love jenny that and i have nothing against them but you yeah. know if this is where he's going to go i'm like yeah I'm, it's it's going to be good it's oh, going to well, be good <laughs> and and now we, as we dive because we're, we're going to head into it now um uh i was just going to bring out one last picture this was um sort of a, an envisioning of uh, of the character from an artist which i think is really rad mm-hmm. this one here you can Ooh. see that on the screen there um and i i think that uh uh he has a magical aspect to him there's definitely something otherworldly about just this his presence you know and kojima i've done some hideo kojima stuff where there's a reason why like him and for example david bowie and like uh norman reedus um he, there's a certain like bjork you know this there's, there's certain qualities visually to some, certain people where it's ezra miller has this too which is the we're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have some fun people as we dive into this so 
let's do this. And we again, it's very omnidirectional, and it's uh, we can like. And if you have anything you want me to bring up for the like to the listeners, so or so that they can. And and by the way, like I I know a lot of people tune in just with the audio. Uh, love and light to you. I hope you're having a fun time riding your bike, doing your grocery shopping, doing your gardening, <laughs> walking home cozily in the rain. I always like when a podcast like uh, acknowledges your specific circumstance you find yourself in. And I know people uh, listen to podcasts to like you know in the background while they're doing stuff. So. We send you all love from wherever you're listening and whatever you're doing, happen to be doing, driving or whatever. Good vibes. All right. Thea, shall we jump in? I know we've, we've jumped around. It's because we're just riffing. We jump around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just go for it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Not too long ago, a young man who, will, who, isn't, who isn't aging rapidly at all, Albert, me, <laughs> uh, came across the following. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't name usernames. I'll simply say this is what I encountered. And I'll say ahead of time, I believe these to be genuine. There's a certain a certain uh, energy of this person, which is basically, they said, I have seen an early screening. Uh, you know, I saw it. I'll just read it. I saw an early test screening of Fantastic Beasts 3. Ask me anything. AMA. You can look this up. It's all out there and you can pull keywords from this and find it. But then also just if you do it cursory Google, you can find it very easily. Um, and yeah, this person in how they hold themselves in what they express and how they, uh, you know, convey certain details. I'm certainly a believer. Uh, I really, I really am. So mm-hmm. are you ready for some storytelling? Okay. Okay. Here we go. I got my tea. I'm ready. You got your tea. Okay. Here we go. We are now next year, 363 or whatever days from today, mm-hmm. you and I were sitting in the theater and this is what we are about to see. Uh, okay, here we go. This is this is their, their early impressions, by the way. The, the film was not bad. Um, very long, slow burning in this cut. Uh, you know, um, realize you guys will want a source. Da, 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 da. Um, and I love the idea of a nice long, long film. He's, he's got some other words about like their own thoughts, but just to preserve your experience, I don't want to color, um, you know, your impressions. Let's like really imagine. And I hope the listeners are doing this too. Like really picture yourselves beside Thea and I in the theater. This is what we're about to watch. Here we go. The film begins with a traditional WB logo with uh, cuts to the last film with Dumbledore and Grindelwald vowing not to fight one another. Similar to the beginning of the Half-Blood Prince, uh, then we cut to the title card against the sky, the usual sort of opening stuff. The title card was a placeholder at this point and just said Fantastic Beasts 3. You know, and this, it checks out for a test screening. Immediately after that uh, opening, we pick up again from the scene of Grindelwald and Dumbledore in their younger years. This time, the scene is extended and it is revealed to be from the aftermath of a fight that they had. Okay, and I think we all know what that fight is. Yeah, yeah. It, that's right. It is revealed that Dumbledore's sister was an obscurus and died during their fight trying to defend Dumbledore from Grindelwald's curse. So Grindelwald sent a curse his way, possibly the killing curse, we, we don't know. Um, and Ariana stepped in to protect her brother. And she passed away. She died because of that, which adds to that very sad, like tragic character to, to Dumbledore. Very textured and, and and rich character for sure. Yeah, I read this to my fiance by the way, and she was like, "Oh, keep going, keep going," because it's like it is. It really, <laughs> it's so so rich. And and uh, you might even say, Albert, oh, you're the Wizarding World guy who wants us to get away from Britain, and I I do, but I also love the Wizarding World as 
you know, depicted in Britain and with those characters. And you know, just like the Taco Girl says, we can have both. Like, and I'm I'm Absolutely, passionate about yeah. exactly. So let us dive, uh, continue diving in. Right. So Ariana steps in and uh, you know defends her brother and unfortunately passes away. In this scene, Grindelwald is very persuasive and manipulative. Okay, in the aftermath of this uh, incident, and you get the sense that he is gaslighting Dumbledore, taking advantage. You know, and he does have that angle. He seems like the the older one, uh, the the manipulator. He shows an an unusual interest in Ariana's obscurus power. Okay, so the film. Hello, how are you doing? Fine. And he, I, I'm so glad that he. Is it a he or a she? It's a she. It's a she. I'm so glad you have joined us, and you can give us your thoughts, and she can give the review. Okay, <laughs> getting nice and cozy now on the Wizarding World podcast, right? And I'll have in the background like crackling fireplace. It'll be nice and rad for people too. <laughs> there you go. Oops, and I do that for all the show for you know the ambiance. The film then cuts to Newt in China, searching for a Chinese beast. Can't, and this is the reviewer. I can't really remember the name, but it was sort of a white fur-covered dragon-looking thing. But I am uh, not a hundred percent sure on that though, because the effects were very rough. Uh, Newt scales a mountain and gets to the top, putting this creature in his case. Which I said this super early on. Uh, Newt's case is a beautiful metaphor for introversion. How you can go into your own world, and he can yeah, jump into yeah. his case. And I, I feel that way too. And then. But I love that by going in, he also discovers this beautiful like world of, of characters and creatures, or or rather just like the fauna, the fantastic beasts themselves. And don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna get to some lovely. And I'm so glad that like we have a little fantastic beast companion with us on the show. It's beautiful. Okay, so uh, cut. We cut at this point to Grindelwald's hideout, and Credence is now with a fully grown phoenix, which he has called Forks. Okay. So yeah. that is yeah exactly, and I think you know what? Let's just park the, the Wizarding World bus there. Come on, Thea, as if that little creature, that little tiny baby bird, as if that's not Forks. Come on, right? We all knew. We all knew. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And see, um, and you will was... see. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like you know, the whole thing with the the Fox getting tied to the Dumbledore story. Like it was already when it was dropped earlier in uh, where Dumbledore kind of goes, you know, he like kind of mentions like, oh, every time, you know, uh, you know, his grandfather had a, a phoenix or something. So right. I, I knew it was definitely going to be important. Like, you know, you don't drop something in a film just to pass it. It was going to be no. important. I just didn't realize that that was going to be the end at that point either. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I see that, uh, um, <laughs> she, I, love, I, I see that he approves it's fantastic oh she approves rather okay here we Absolutely. go yeah i dig it i dig it okay the fully grown phoenix which he calls forks and it is revealed that credence goes by the name aurelius now and not the muggle name that mary lou gave him so he sees that as a, a coming back to himself right which i think he was always looking for an identity i'm sure he never really felt at peace with being called Credence by Mary Lou. He didn't feel authentic. And I think there's an element, which is obviously Grindelwald is manipulating that. But uh, if you extract the Grindelwald aspect from that, it's the, the story of a young man finding out who he is. That's beautiful, you know? And, and we certainly know uh, from Harry Potter, uh, those books, um, that amazing feeling of like, oh, wow, this is who I am. You know, like there's no, cause that's what he was, you know, Credence has a very, 
close parallel with Harry in that he was told that he wasn't something that he was, like that he wasn't magical. You know, all these things. There's a parallel there, and I think that's you know, you will see as we go along. So, are you enjoying it so far? The storytelling. Absolutely, go on. Yeah. Okay, I've got your little coffee there. I, I I don't have my little. I, I would have brewed some tea, but it's all good. I didn't. I wanted to vibe it out, but maybe next time as well. Okay, and it's just this cozy. It's fine. Grindelwald acts as a mentor and encourages Credence to harness or Aurelius to harness his powers. They explain away his appearance change with a throwaway line about his morphing abilities, which makes sense. Grindelwald, uh, he's very powerful, and I could easily see him saying, you know, before, so, yeah. well, I'll tell you what, perfectly explainable is that Père Lachaise, the cemetery scene, there was mm-hmm. um, an element of what happened where his movement became very public <laughs> right there was an element of grindelwald being behind the scenes hiding obviously in that first film he had to hide uh taking over that muggle house uh or no magic house um and uh, you know conducting his his rallies in like hidden cemeteries but now that he's now really come out into the open i think that grindelwald is Mads, that's beautifully explainable by saying, well, I don't have to hide anymore, do I? You know, I can really just... Yeah. Exactly. So I think that that would be a lovely uh, lore-relevant way of explaining, like, well, that's why I've changed. It's because now every, everything's out in the open. And uh, in terms of uh, Grindelwald, like that Germanic uh, Scandinavian, like it actually fits with Mads's casting. I think he was cast... Speci- yeah, I was, he was yeah. cast specifically to evoke this idea of an unmasking. Like, this is who this man is, you know? And like... Yeah, yeah. yeah like, totally. shows how, like, even even though he looked like, you know, a villain before, now it's like, you know, showing those true colors and maybe even yeah. having that tie to, well, Second World War sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. He treats... Aurelius like a son and tells him that his father would be proud of him. There is a whole discussion around Dumbledore's father and his pure blood ideology. Grindelwald tells Aurelius about Ariana's passing uh, when she was attacked by some muggle boys and left for dead, which is uh, as has been covered before. Uh, what, what is, I think, again, trigger warning uh, for, for folks. Um, uh, it's very alluded to that this was um, sexual uh, assault, uh, rape, uh, something where she was degraded, and then and then I think she passed away from this very traumatic experience. Especially as a, as a young woman, it would have, you know, yeah, very 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 traumatizing. And that's why like that element of the story opens up dialogues about those experiences and how those can can really go on to affect uh, the family. You know, and Dumbledore is very much someone who. I think sometimes re- retreats into his whimsy, but there's a tragedy there to how he feels this enormous guilt for his uh, sister having suffered because of, you know, this thing of wanting to say, and like that guilt that he carries around. And you can see that in the second Fantastic Beasts film and guilt is a constant companion, you know, like he, he knows, he knows. Um, and um, le- later with her brother, there's some parallels there with them. Um, with his experience and it's a heavy burden they definitely do yeah a heavy burden indeed indeed um and another thing i'll just say like me and my sisters we and you know there's there's a there's a thing of siblingry uh you with your brother for example going to like see the films <laughs> together i find um 
uh, and you see this, you know, with Theseus and then Newt as well, um, the the Weasleys with all of their different siblings. I think it's a very sibling-tastic series as well, as well as fathers, sons, mothers and all that. It's family, friends and all of that. I think it really vibes and I do like that we're continuing that. Uh, now that we have made this shift, which, you know, after the first film, uh, there was a, a sense of the, the story going into just like all Newt, but then if this and frankly i am and i'll we'll get to it i'm very pleased and it would have been tough for me as as the wizarding world podcast like the wizarding world uh, advocate for going outside of britain like it is an enormous testament to how amazing this story is which i'm about to like fully divulge as we go along with this um uh you know purported leak uh that i am as intrigued as i am so it really it really took it to that next level so loving it and then from that platform to explore the rest of the wizarding world full show okay all right so can just like one thing yeah go i i i agree but i i do like like the fantastic beast movies i do Hmm. but i'm a little bit worried that they're trying to fit in too much at one time so we both have to get principal beast with newt which is great and we also have to get this very dark story with grindelwald You're trying to unify them both, and so far it's okay. But I'm just worried, like, where does can you keep that balance? Can you keep that, like, you know, where it's both the whimsical beast and let's focus on the beast, and we love the beast, yet yeah. also it's time for the story. So just just because, like, oh, we have to force in beast here and here mm-hmm. and here because it's about beast, but it's really not because it's about you know Grindelwald. So, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you articulated it very there, well. That's a little thing I have. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I, I frankly, uh, you know, I like to, I do this thing where it's important to have integrity and to express one for one what you're thinking. I think if you, uh, fanboyishness for me does a disservice to the community, to the creators, because you need to be authentic and not just say, you know, and become a, uh, just that unconditional, you know, fanatical thing of we're just like, oh, we just accept everything. It's like, I have my own thoughts about that, definitely. I, uh, in my, <laughs> I would love, I would love a completely nude focus story. Like, he's a very, he has enough dimensions to him to really carry this on his own. And I, I obviously hope that uh, Dumbledore's incorporation wasn't as some kind of, you know, uh, changing the story in response to people having that um, alienation or lack of interest or whatever in like the American Wizarding World or whatever. Um, uh, I I really hope that that's not the case. I I really do in my heart hope that uh, Joe had it all planned out. Um, uh, And yet, there we have so many years ahead. Like who knows, this thing is gonna go, it's gonna outlive both of us. We are absolutely gonna be able to see Newt's 1930s safari adventure like we get to sort of see fully the the pokemon you know steve irving show you know yes honestly just just make that a kid's show just yes just make it a kid's show have newt going around checking out magical beasts i I love it i just you really just again and this is what i love about like riffing with folks and um hey i'm just gonna say this uh i've uh, been you know i've got uh um you know, I, with the show, it's like I, I, it is like this chronicle of, of my own that I'm like developing and stuff. But it's as you know, with the Wizarding World, it's about that community, that 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 kinship. And um, I've got Elise. You know, uh, she's been on before. But uh, Thea, I just want to extend this to you. There's no pressure at all. But I would love for you to be the co-host uh, whenever you can. You can jump on, and we can discuss things on a regular basis. How do you feel? 
that could definitely be a chance i mean if i got the time if you've got the time and uh we'll do a fortnightly thing i suppose i'll just chime in i'll say hey if you're available no pressure at all but i think already i mean i have fallen in love with your energy your vibe you're a wonderful good soul to you as well and i'm certain that the listeners as as they've been listening they're like let's make sure that Thea comes back you know like i i i I definitely (laughs) vibe with the comments (laughs) totally you will see the comments and and, uh, honestly that's absolutely what it's going to be like so i'm just going to bring up based on what you just said um the the wizarding world like with the steve owen you know <laughs> i love that here's a shot uh, a beautiful piece of art from the instagram here i'll just show it right it's just Aww. like newt having a little nap right there <laughs> and now so I, I just saw fi um uh doing you know how like he was doing that with his head like looking up as you were holding him like that you know i just could see this uh you know adorable um you know yeah and that's the thing with certain people that they're able to kind of put animals very much at ease and make them like curious and that's what newt does is he did that for the zowu which i think is such a beautiful arc just for the i'll also say what what his like when he says it at some point i think Mm. i can't remember when but I believe to remember that he says at one point he can better deal with animals than humans. I'm just yeah. like, really? <laughs> I That's mean, at nice. a party and they got a cat, you know, that cat's going to be my best buddy that entire night. That's just... <laughs> I get it. I totally do. And I, and you, I think you and I feel the same way. I like, you know, um, I just love, I love that. And is that so the only uh, little uh, furry friend you have in the house there? Or do you have like a yeah, cat? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we, we only have the um we've had yeah. many dogs we used to live a little bit of farm we had horses sheep and everything but now we just we got fear oh that's beautiful so, i know i've been saying fi i like to mess with pronunciation but yeah fear 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 okay yeah, I mean, don't worry it's it's <laughs> you know it's hard to pronounce when you're not uh, natively danish so don't worry about it that's the thing i usually say when people try and say my name or whatever like as long as you can say you dare that's fine i'll, I'll yeah it. well I, I will do a pronunciation check is thea okay Thea is fine. That's fine. Thea is fine. And Thea. Thea and Thea. Beautiful. Okay. Do I get 8 out of 10 for pronunciation? I should give you a nine. I'll give you a nine. Thank you very much. Very, very honored. Excellent. Now let us continue. You've got your mug. Everyone get your blankets. Get cozy. Let's continue. Okay. Here we go. So when Grindelwald is telling Aurelius about Ariana's passing, this strikes a memory within Aurelius which is important, which proves that this is who he actually is. In the meantime, we cut to another scene. Theseus is still, Theseus, you know, is mourning Leta's death uh, and yeah. has left the ministry behind, which again, as you go along there, you will see certain character developments where you simply say to yourself, like, okay, even this is, if this is fake, that makes perfect sense. You know, like, yeah, yeah. tell me, Thea, if you were engaged to someone in love and then that person dies i don't think you go straight back to work <laughs> no you don't you, you take don't. some no. you, yeah you take some time and uh here it is he and jacob who has also suffered greatly with um queen yeah. leaving he and jacob live with newt <laughs> they live with okay, newt well. now and and bunty is there uh, looking after them you know like almost like a housekeeper like making sure these three yeah. boys like clean up clean oh, up after oh, oh, themselves because it's like Please, Bunty, and then Theseus. Like, yeah. who knows? That's that's yeah. That's absolutely right. You know, and um, 
I would love that's actually very intuitive of you because you know uh, Bunty has this uh, you know she has this yeah, crush, crush on against, mute. It's so crush on mute. It's like, <laughs> but what I what I could absolutely see happening is you know because Newt is promised not just from the <laughs> not just from the books but from the cosmos like Newtina okay he's promised to, mm -hmm. to Tina and so what I would love to see is is Bunty you know, recognize like, actually it wasn't Newt I want, I, I was drawn to. It was these certain elements of Newt, which Theseus embodies completely. And then oh, it's yeah. like, that that would be beautiful. So thank you for that. That was a little gift you gave us there. Uh, there. Um, uh, there we go. Uh, meanwhile, Tina is in Berlin, tracking Queenie and Grindelwald's whereabouts. We hear about unrest in Berlin, which alludes to the rising tension in world war uh, in europe world war ii uh from this point uh, the story yeah you know unfolds and uh the uh, chronicler our benefactor who has chosen to anonymous anonymously share this uh, early screening uh they say instead of breaking breaking down every single plot point i will simply say this is the the key points in revelation so newt feels um is uh is basically not sidelined completely but uh there's clearly big things happening and, and newt will have a role to play in them so he, the, this person uh the viewer let's just call them that um sort of expresses that about newt how he uh continues to be this role where he's serving this greater story where and that's fine you know we we i think there was enough hints out there to recognize that we wouldn't be following just newt i think this is really blossoming into a very intriguing uh dumbledore and grindelwald story for sure and that's it's it's important to accept things as they are but newt is in that first film when he has the swooping evil and it's very pokemon like how he can like flip it out and everything like i love yeah. newt as a character so much i'm a ravenclaw uh oh, but yeah. i i really resonate with him as a hufflepuff don't tell me you are you're a ravenclaw too right well the funny part is i've taken you know the, the test hogwarts test and i've taken mm -hmm. multiple of them and the latest one I, I took one at one point where it's like you know it gives percentages of mm -hmm. what you are and i was like uh, it's not gonna be the right number. It's like twenty-three Ravenclaw, twenty-four like <laughs> you know, Puff and twenty-five Gryffindor, something like that, and then like three percent uh, Slytherin. Mm -hmm. So I've decided because I'm basically like quite even on all the houses, you know, the three of them at least, that I am a Hufflepuff because Hufflepuff oh, beautiful for everybody. So I mean... and loyalty is one of my greatest. Like I'm deeply loyal so i'm like that i really tie with that yeah That's beautiful and i resonate with you i'm I've, it's right there in a plaque next to my photo of my fiance loyalty the plaque that a, a family friend made beautiful and i i resonate with that totally so onwards fourth folks that's one of my things onwards fourth right <laughs> queenie um dust definitely has an arc uh it is revealed that are you happy with me like again this is all it all could be complete you know fabrication but there's a lot of things which go on go on I'm, I'm, i've never been one that's been angry about spoilers yeah uh, you know. i i'm i'm cool with those things so yeah, go on okay okay no worries and i frankly believe i'll maybe i include an, a link to an article george r, r. martin once wrote uh, he gave a quote saying, I don't understand the big deal about spoilers. Frankly, if you're only reading or experiencing something just for the pursuit of that, like, 
you know, not knowing everything ahead of time, it, it does a disservice to every other element, which is, you know, the crew involved, the development, uh, the, the music and everything. It's like, you are going to let that one thing of like knowing ahead of time, like tarnish your entire experience of this thing. It's like, no, and no. <laughs> and I think a huge part has to do with how it's going to play out, you know? And again, this could be all kinds of things. We will see in uh, 362 days. Oh, they still have a lot of time, you know, to finish the film. So even yes. what we have now, I mean, they My could, thing. as we've seen before, like even this is the real thing. They could be like, oh, no, we want the new ending and then do that in three months. So exactly. And so I think that's it's safe for us to, to, to dive into this stuff. So as we will continue. Yes. So Queenie, it is revealed that she has been given a mind control potion by Grindelwald uh, where she has been. Are you ready? He has been lacing her tea. Right, causing it to be enchanted, which again, it just it it's almost too congruent to 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 deny. There is a dedicated scene, uh, just like how we had certain shots of Peter Pettigrew in certain of the earlier films, yeah. where it's like interesting, and then it is revealed that that particular and this is Joe. She does this. She 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 puts things early on so that you can then trace back and say, oh, actually, that was there. That was there all along, and you know this is it's shorter span. There is that where she's like the teapot. She's like to push it away all the time, and yeah, pushing yeah. it, Taya pushing it away and saying no, no. And then when she accepts, then obviously that tea is going to be happening, and then that's how she, he keeps her loyal. Uh, you know this very subtle and obviously very Grindelwald tastic manipulative way, which is it lines up with with that scene. So. There you go. And that it makes me feel like, oh, well, then this this is real. It's too good. It's, it, it makes sense, you know? Awesome. Um, onwards forth. Theseus is killed by Grindelwald, uh, causing Newt to go berserk. Uh, they have a massive duel uh, at, in the uh, Berlin. That's right. I know. Oh, sad. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a massive duel with Newt uh, doing the Imperious Curse on Grindelwald. Uh, it was a very great character moment for him. This is what the viewer is describing. Frankly, uh, Thea, we are in the middle chapter. You know, we have five films. Number three, smack bang in the middle. This is where enormous amounts of conflict, especially for the main character. For us, it's news. He's this lens through which we're experiencing the story. There is going to be, um, there's going to be some, yeah, it's that shift, that that the conflict of the three-act structure of like setup, conflict, resolution. And Theseus, it fits for me. I don't think he would be like sacrificed on some narrative altar just to empower Newt's character. I think it all fits and feels authentic to that character for him to feel astray, lost, and to be in a space of wanting to, you know, he loved Thea, so he loved um, uh, later, you know, and I could yeah, see him yeah. yeah, being in that space of not one to just slink away. I think he would have, I don't know if, I don't think it's specified exactly how he passes, but I could see him being very heroic in the same way as later. Yeah, definitely, you know. like, you know, fighting to the last end. Yeah. To the last end, exactly, exactly. So that'll work for me. And again, see how, again, listeners, watchers, we are doing, we're very honest to ourselves. Like we actually scan if that felt disingenuous, inauthentic. We also don't indulge whatsoever in outrage culture here on the show. It's a very safe space. We don't, <laughs> it's not, like only good vibes we have here and not to the exclusion of like diving into some uh, aspects where we're, uh, you know, contestable aspects or controversial. We'll, we'll address that. But the overall vibe is that we don't get on any, any hate bandwagons or complaining. Like we like to kind of riff in a very respectful and good vibes energy kind of way. I know that a lot of 
podcast they they dip into that and i'll just like from a place of love i'll just mention like um there's yeah you know the main i won't have to say names i guess like the main part of podcast they can often dip into a bit of like <laughs> kind of kind of like <laughs> mentality of like i just don't find that additive at all and all you're doing is kind of just yeah divide like creating dividing lines and then starting to build narratives and then the good vibes aren't there so I'm glad that we, yeah. you and I both engage with like that Theseus uh, development. We did an, a scan of if that felt authentic, it does. So that means we can, yeah, continue. Okay. Queenie and Jacob are reunited at the end of the film. Once okay. again, echoing the first film, which is in many ways, this is something where people are saying, oh, well, uh, you actually hear Dan discussing how, oh, yeah, we, we're going back to some of what we had in the first film, like the gang, you know, that exactly. Yeah, and the gang thing, yeah. That's right. People, you know, together and everything, for sure. And uh, we actually, the best part about this is after we've gone through all of this, Thea, we're going to bring up Fantastic Beasts movies. And we're going to look at this amazing reporter, Maura Limi. Uh, I'm going to put the description of like in the description, her, her site. And I'm going to go through each of the like actually with references and, and, and sources like reported occurrences and sets and everything lines up with this. All right. Which is very exciting. Very exciting. Indeed. Dumbledore and Aurelius meet each other at the end. It is revealed that Aurelius is the brother of Dumbledore through magic. Okay. He was okay, created. Okay. That's right. Aurelius was created by harnessing the power of Ariana's Obscurus, which was transferred into the body of a newborn using the Philosopher's Stone. Okay. Okay. There you okay. go. And, and the idea is that uh, Aurelius was the attempt, the alchemical attempt of Dumbledore to bring his sister back, you know? Dumbledore and created Aurelius. Dumbledore used some of, just like how in, uh, you know, Goblet of Fire, there's that that chemical yeah. process of like pinpricking to like create, you know, this, uh, you know, the body for, for, for Voldemort, for example, yeah, yeah. Voldemort. Um, and so then that's how he is this kin. They are kin through magic. And that's how that works, the brother, you know? And what I love about that is we have, Brontus Hodorowski, who plays Nicolas Flamel. Nicolas Flamel. Oh, he's fabulous, by the way. I love him. I love him <laughs> so <laughs> much. <laughs> you know, the shaking of the hand and it crushes the hand. I love it. It's moving around, but that scene where he's like running and he's like, you know, like two centimeters. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and Lally, Lally as well is amazing from Ilva Morning. She's great. I love also Lally being like, come on, Nicola, like, come on, let's go. She's really great. And, um, and yeah, so uh, Brontus, not, I'm not sure how many of the boffins know about this boffins. I just call the people who on the channel, like one of my, it's like a British word just, just means, uh, you know, chum, like person who is like, it, it actually attributes intelligence to the person. So boffin literally means you're smart, you're great. And so I just called everyone a boffin because everyone's smart in their own way and, and vibey and rad. Uh, and so I've been not, a lot, I don't think a lot of the boffins would know this, but uh, Brontus's father is Alejandro Hodorowski, who uh, created a film called La Sagrada Montaña, the, um, the Holy Mountain. And The Holy Mountain, this movie is all about an, an alchemist and the main character is called an alchemist. And early on in the film, there is uh, a sequence of um, creating, uh, 
you know, different elements, you know, from, from different substances. And that's the essence of alchemy is the creation of different substances. Aurelius, uh, uh, etymologically is related to gold, you know, aura, you know, um, and as you look through, if you just Google Aurelius, uh, you will find you, you immediately you'll start looking at you'll you'll be presented with articles on alchemy and, and etymology on alchemy. And so even right there in his name, there's a hint of his true nature as this uh, created being, you know, this magical. And Ezra, first of all, himself is a very ethereal looking young man, uh, a young human being. Uh, I know that he is, uh, uh, I believe he is, um, I don't want to get this wrong because it's important that people feel seen and recognized. Now, so Ezra has this beautiful element of the feminine and the masculine, you know, to his, uh, to their character. And yeah. that's right, Ezra Miller, right? Which really, really fits well with Ariana's like obscurus finding yeah. finding a new vessel. What do you think of that? I, I definitely think that's that's interesting. Um, I'm I'm a bit I'm not I don't know how to say like you know saying like Dumbledore created um us you know um, credence. Uh, I can't say the other name. Sorry, but. Uh, like Dumbledore should know what he's done. Like, has he forgotten it? Why? Why hasn't he done anything so far? So that part, I'm a bit like, okay, okay. But but I still think it's a really interesting like idea. We all know already from the Harry Potter books, you know how much Dumbledore loved his sister, and mm. um, and he, we know the guilt he's carried. And what we've got to kind of go to that. You know, we are seeing multiple characters in this book living with a self guilt and having to deal with that. And and Dumbledore being a great wizard, you know, if you if you can do it, if you are able, to, like, if you had that power to do it, wouldn't you try it? Wouldn't well, you try and do it? Yeah, absolutely. And that is a reflection of just how much he loved Ariana. And just when you see, you know, Jude Law, who I don't think it's even a, a, up for the, up for any discussion that, especially in some certain angles and how he angles his head and says, you know a child who was thought to be lost. Like he knows how to really, I mean, he is Dumbledore. Like Jude Law has really honored that character and he knows how to channel that, that great sadness that he carries for sure. And of course, you know, Dumbledore, as we know from the, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, he's immensely powerful. He knows from his bloodline. And I'm certain that he would have had a, at a certain point, the realization, well, if I have this gift of my bloodline being so powerful magically. I'm, I'm certain that this means that I was meant to be this person that, you know, I know it's, it's really is tampering with some of the fundamental laws. Like, you know, you can't bring someone back. You can't bring someone back from the, from, from the dead. And I think that's why him and Voldemort have some, some shared, um, uh, you know, interconnected subjects there because, you know, Voldemort, you know, fleeing from death, you know, being reborn. I think that's also why, and it basically, this is the best thing is um, Mads Mikkelsen would know about this. He was in Rogue One. There's mm. a, a certain kind of story that is set before, but now when you and I, when we're sitting down in 2030, <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the books have come out, sorry, the films have come out. When we will do the chronological thing of watching the films, you will see a scene, for okay, example, in like, you know, I don't know, uh, Half-Blood Prince, where you see B Dumbledore's eyes get so worried at the idea of Horcruxes that this is then explained because it it meant, it like, you actually understand, like, the, the Aurelius Credence experience, like, really scarred him. You know, this idea of the dangers of defying death and, and like, the unnaturalness of that. And it's going to actually retroactively enhance the future films, which I think is the highest that any uh, 
you know, story set earlier in any timeline can do. So are you looking forward to doing the eventual giant marathon in 2030? What do you reckon? Oh, yes. Um, I'm definitely, <laughs> you know, nothing better than Harry Potter marathon. I will say, though, with uh, just the Harry Potter movies, I've tried two times to do the Harry Potter movie marathon. And we got to about, I think the first we got was film six. And I was just like, okay, let's just go watch YouTube right now. Because I love the films, but it's yeah. a tough one. <laughs> what I to say was, um, you, you know, it. with Dumbledore, I was just thinking, you know, my, my gears are turning. Go, go. And it's kind of interesting in a way with, with Dumbledore. Let's just since you say, you know, this is going to happen, that he created, I forgot the credence again. And mm-hmm. um, because he, uh, he did have that rebellious, you know, childhood where he didn't, well, a teen, you know, young life where, you know, he's with Grindelwald. He's like the greater good. We are powerful. We have all this strength. We have all this. He was this wild child and he wasn't really thinking about consequences. And it's quite like all of these experiences that he basically got into, to you know, going through and being like, oh, I want to be powerful. I want to have the greater good. I want to be the Lord of death and life. Mm-hmm. You know, him playing with that and then realizing, oh shit, this is, you know, really, really bad. And then learning from that experience is part of the wisdom that he then brings to the Harry Potter series where he's guiding Harry, knowing what he's been taught in his yeah. youth about death and life through this experience with Grindelwald and Credence and so on and so on. And using that to, well, as I say, guide Harry and being, well, as they call him, you know, guiding Harry as a pig to slaughter. Like he, he actually knows yeah. this is going to happen now. The thing is kind of preparing for his own life and been playing with, you know, now having somebody actually conquer death through becoming the master of all, uh, you know, the, the cloak, the, the wand and the ring and becoming master of death for the mm. deadly hellos. So I, I can, I can, I, I mean, I, I can see it. I can see it kind of driving through. I, I hope that makes any sense. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and see how, and as you just beautifully eloquently explained, it's like, uh, having that extra context that extra background it just mm-hmm. it, it enriches what is already there it uh it also because we we know and many people will already have known the future stories that it actually lends the story that we'll be learning in fantastic beast 3 with even more charged emotion because we know where the story is going and that's how a, a prequel can really be a positive there so no i resonate with everything you've expressed and for sure i, I really I, thank you for sharing that that's amazing um i'll just bring up a picture here just with there he is, uh, wonderful Aurelius. What a, what a kindred human being indeed. So I'm I mean, just going to read here. Like... Yeah, absolutely. As, okay, so I'll just read it here. <laughs> um, okay, so Miller came out as queer in 2012. Um, uh, you know, mostly attracted to she's, but I've been with many people. I'm open to love whatever it can be. I also love this. Uh, uh, he, I uh, mean, she says, I use they, them pronouns. Amila stated that for them, queer means I don't identify as a man. I don't identify as a woman. I barely identify as human. You can't tell me right now that that isn't literally Aurelius, this, uh, ethereal yeah. intergender magical being speaking like that's, he just described like, one argument I'm sure maybe he will have to face this about an identity thing with the, you know, uh, James Cameron has talked about this is like, not well, not talked about it observably. It's like, save yourself the hassle of casting. Just find Aurelius, like find them in the real world. And then they, they you never have to give them that much direction. You just, you have actually casted the person so well, like Harry, uh, Hermione, actually, I'll say even more than Harry she is like they they found her like they actually found her mind in the world and they brought her into that that storytelling and so they did the very similar thing with ezra 
And I'll say it again for that, for people tuning in and maybe the ears perked up. I don't identify as a man. I don't identify as a woman. I barely identify as human. Um, and he's obviously comfortable with all of the pronouns. So if you end up just letting slip like he, his, him, he's like, that's fine, whatever. But uh, he's like, even the label, even queer is a label to him. So she, she, uh, he, she, they, they're just ethereal. That's what that means mm-hmm. is in the elements. Well, of- I was just going to say, I have the exact same. Like, I know I look very woman, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely like, you know, go, call me him, call me whatever. I have I have nothing against that world. Beautiful. And I know that's, um, so I'm loving as well that the world's becoming more and more open yeah. to well, people who who don't really want to confine, who don't, who don't really want to be like, you know, fit into boxes and just kind yeah. of break your own boxes and yeah. create your own world. I'm, I'm definitely into that. I, I really feel supportive of it. And I'm finding quite interesting that this is going to be a part of the, uh, well, maybe the hot part of the films. Oh, um, where, for sure. where we kind of have this like kind of gender bend, like you know, yes. like this um, this play with gender and and also a bit of queerness with uh, Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Um, it's definitely healthy for yeah. how the world is developing and how the world is turning right now. Uh, giving that focus and also giving that you know for young people to grow up because I, I saw something recently where they're like you know um i can't you know i'm i'm bilingual so sometimes i i like That's the word okay. where, like uh representation 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 yeah there you go. yeah and it's so important for a young mind because and i can say that for myself having mm-hmm. been you know i was autistic and adhd as a child i didn't know until i was about 16 so i grew up just kind of being like well why am i not like nobody else when i turn on the tv i only see pretty princesses who's popular with everyone you know so and having like being able to look at films or like look at series or look just even in the newspaper and seeing someone you can relate to mm. is just so important. So yeah. I'm definitely in for this turn and I'm welcoming it by all means. Me too. Uh, beautifully, very eloquently expressed. Couldn't have phrased it better myself. And uh, I certainly, you know, I uh, did some reading. Uh, my fiance and I were always talking about the masculine and the feminine. Right. Um, And you will have, uh, you know, um, feminine energies within a masculine uh, casing and then you'll have masculine energies within a feminine, you know, uh, exterior Um, and then beautiful, wonderful textured gray areas of that uh, areas where there's just there's that goes transcend beyond that. And whatever. basically I've always said this about humans is that when we came about and we started doing our thing of being on planet earth is like, you know, uh, fish, like they swim, birds fly. And then human beings, we are creative. We also are very, we transcend a lot. Like there's something very magical in our, in our own way, obviously like creatures in their own way, like the, the animals, everything, nature. I love that they have their own magic, but with us, something that history is really starting to recognize is that we are, we don't live in boxes and we're not, we're not meant for that. Like that's something that was very much societally imposed. Uh, back in the day, there was lifespans were very, very <laughs> like drastically reduced. Um, and so people were just worried about like making it to age 30s, heck making it to age 20 sometimes. And they the way that, yeah, forward thing to work that but what i was uh, want to say is that 
one of our biggest struggles and one of the things we're trying to kind of explode today, but it's still going to be a problem is this is, I am no, by no means educated. This, this is what I'm thinking. But because I think that the human mind is meant to generalize and comprehend. We cannot comprehend everything. So therefore we kind of sum things up. Mm-hmm. And that's why you hear like business in the media, you know, like, oh, this person who had this demographic did something bad. So now you just hear like that type of people are bad. Or like these are bad or these are bad. And we kind of, because in nature, we have to know like, oh, do not go to this area because there's lines and you're going to go, you know, freaking die. <laughs> so we have that like, you know, where we are, we are generalizing and we've been trained to generalize through uh, like standards put up through the cultures and 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 so we're living in and these standards are what we're trying to explode today. And we're trying to, become less generalizing and just see people for the for who they are but yeah. at the same time it's going to be extremely difficult and there also needs like i'm not defending anyone here but i'm just saying there also needs to be an understanding that what the world is trying to do right now is insanely difficult because it's going against the design of our minds and it needs yeah. education it needs community that are able to yeah. represent it in a way that people can comprehend it and I, I just trying to tie a little bit to joe um, you know, I'm kind of thinking, you know, that, there's some there are people here who who just are not ready for that comprehension. Not, not ready is not the right word, but like just don't have the comprehension yet and that open mind to kind of shatter those generalizations. Mm. And we are used to using generalization to warn for danger or fear. That's how it was in nature. Now we put that fear against people and we need to step away from that. And train our minds and that's something is we're not we're not seeing our generations but first in the next coming generations when we train our children to have this new mindset this is a mm. mindset we've had you know for thousands and thousands of years and now having that change is going to take its time and that's why i'm saying again these movies kind of opening up for at least representation so it becomes more normalized so we generalize less because you know that is not a danger anymore yeah it's not it's not the reality anymore we don't live in those times and i love we when we and i absolutely echo what my wonderful i've i've become increasingly grateful for your existence across this entire episode you know that there like i feel like i have met a kindred human being like right here sister uh, kindred (laughs) sibling right here like love you very much that's good vibes to you you for the views you've expressed uh for the person you've uh, committed yourself to being like we need so many more theas in the world <laughs> i think uh, i think you've brought a lot of people a lot of solace you've certainly done the same for me like i'm so grateful so i'm so glad to have met you <laughs> yeah good but it's quite random when you were when you wrote in my messages and you were like <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the, I mean that day, I mean if you were, want to talk about that day with that whole Reddit post, because yeah. like the whole going mad. I, I for people who don't know, short of it, uh, I wrote a Reddit post one morning. I was laying in bed. I was too lazy to get out of bed. I was just writing this like random ramble of just some things about life and such. And my my life with Harry Potter and and how Harry Potter helped me cope with you know quite a tumultuous and and, and difficult childhood. Mm-hmm. And I you know posted and I go on by my day and like but then probably about two seconds that like that that come you know that notification comes like 10 comments and then 25 and then you know before i knew it was like 500 and I'm like whoa, whoa whoa what's going on and the comments was just blasting in and it was absolutely insane 
and by within three hours there was like five thousand comments and three hundred no five thousand likes and three hundred comments and the mods had to close the, the thread because yeah. it was so <laughs> they crazy. had to lock it <laughs> that's about that time where you then write to me and you're like hey you want to come on this podcast and i'm like uh yeah sure. <laughs> absolutely work. absolutely and and i so, see that gives me a lot of hope because i mean people resonated with you i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead no, no, I was just saying, you know, it was it was quite an adventure and I'm open for an adventure. I think you also kind of learn that, you know, being a Harry Potter fan, like be be open for that adventure that's awaiting for you. And, and I was open for that. And now I'm here. I'm really glad I am. Beautiful. And absolutely. Now my Italian side is going to come out. Devi venire qua. Like you have, you are press ganging you. You now you are now the official co-host of the Wizarding World podcast. This is you did this to oh yourself. God by being this kindred, this open-minded, this eclectic and well-rounded with like head on your shoulders, such a beautiful like kindred and, and uh, idiosyncratic and then curious and responding with so much uh, well like measured, but also like passion. Like that's, I just want to signal boost you and that's it. You have now become the co-host of the Wizarding World podcast. Okay. Something out. Sure. Let's okay. Go for it. <laughs> and I am going to ensure that uh, it's very likely that the premiere of this will either be in Berlin or in Germany or sorry, in, in, in Brazil. Uh, if it is yeah. in Berlin, I will make every single possible because that's like a train ride for you, right? <laughs> That's yeah, about five hours by train. I'm actually planning on going there because I am a museum geek and I need to go down and see that statue, uh, the bust oh. of Nefertiti, the Star Gate. I just need to. So I'm planning a Berlin trip sometime and maybe I should do it there. Yep, you will. And I'm going to send you there. I will join you, Ray, and I will. And we will go to the premiere together. Okay, we'll clip this out. We're going to manifest it. We'll go see it. How about that? Let's do it. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I'm in. Done. Okay. Let us continue. Uh, we were riffing about this uh, uh, beautiful entity uh, of, of, of Aurelius. And uh, to add to what you were saying about um, one way of, as we mentioned, about resetting and like starting anew and, and opening that dialogue now, which will be, this is huge for this series where like Aurelius is this transitory uh, trend, like she, he transitions between female male it's going to be a beautiful uh, coming home of, of, of Joe to like, I would ho honestly hope she does like in a full thing is like, this is what I've been building to, um, uh, you know, Ezra specifically, I cast them for this reason so that they represented this very magical and beautiful side to this community. And I would love for everyone to heal and come together over that message of, of Ezra being this wonderful entity that is just representative of the magic of, of the trans community lgbtqia like i would love that so absolutely Definitely. beautiful okay so we as we continue yeah so queenie jacob reunited and i love that they're all like <laughs> like that 1940s like <laughs> yeah you know and you saw it at the start of crimes of grindelwald is um uh they they i just i love their silhouettes there's some beautiful art yes. out there for he's the shorter man with the taller woman. I just find it so endearing and I'll just go. Yeah. What do you think of Jacob and Queenie? Well, I think they're definitely adorable. I, uh, I also think that they're a good match because they're both very cheerful. Yeah. But I, and I also feel like definitely, you know, for Queenie being the mind reader she is, she really needs to be around somebody. How do you say that's like down to earth? And I can imagine Jacob, he's like, 
I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that he's not intelligent, but I'm going to say, like, he doesn't have the biggest worries that are going to no. you know, drive her insane by reading into his mind. It's going to be quite, you know, gentle and caring and loving, and, and he's just a good around guy, so I find him absolutely adorable. Absolutely. And I see I, I, I felt sad. I remember when I watched uh, Crimes of Grindelwald and that beginning where Jeannie you know, had jinxed Jacob, and I was like, why are you doing that, Jeannie? Like, Queenie, yeah. like, just don't... He loves you. He wants the best for you. He's really down to So that that part really hurt me. And then of course her, you know, then going with Grindelwald, you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I I ab absolutely yeah. And it was very heartbreaking for that reason. And I'm just showing a couple of um. I don't know. Can you see them? The arc appearing that I'm showing. It's just mm. you know, and and I I love their dynamic, and I and I and I am looking forward to um you know this. And can uh, I also just say again? Yeah. Um, I know. Sorry, my dad is sneezing. That's amazing. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> but, um, you know, with, with Jacob, I know Jacob is kind of like the goofball, and he kind of often casts, like, a, you know, the goofball to be a little, like, you know, not, not, not as, you know, handsome, perhaps. But again, I think that re representation, like, he's a good representation of a man who's able to succeed, you know, get get a yeah. good wife, get a good life, get become you know, something great, um, even though he's just bumbling around, like, I mean, you'd probably be me if I was there, I'll just bumble around as well. Bumble and, around. <laughs> but, and, <laughs> and yet, that's right, but also just so brave and so courageous, you know, yeah. and there's clearly, as you can see, the world is very much in love with those two, and yeah. I'll just, what I'll do is I'll end it on this one here, here we go, right there, I love that, like, bless yeah. them. They are so meant for each other, and I'm so glad they get that beautiful reunion in FB3. And uh, again, it all just sort of fits congruently with the, the flow of stories. I certainly think, uh, Thea, that the best stories are the ones that feel authentic to the characters themselves, you know? Um, and that don't feel like that, like, just to use an example, like Game of Thrones Season 8, it just felt like that was guided by the writers, not by the authentic character experiences themselves. And I, I everything I've read uh, from... Um, this story uh, is is indicating that it, it'll be authentic to the characters, you know. Now, you... very controversial. Go go go! Do you like the last okay. season? Of, of yeah. Oh, okay, my friends. I I haven't actually watched the whole thing. I'm okay, sorry, but fine. what I wanted to talk about is actually Harry Potter related, and yep. <laughs> that is talking about being authentic to character. Mm -hmm. Um, like with Ron and Hermione, I I am a little little bit like no. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. Uh, it was not authentic <laughs> to the that, and then she even admitted it. Joe jo said, "Look, yeah. I, I, I don't think. I think that was." She said, "Like I openly uh, guided them together, and I, but I, in the real Wizarding world, for me, uh, their energies are not compatible. I think she, she stepped in like the cosmos, like to to put them together. But I actually think uh, Hermione and Harry, like for me, <laughs> yeah." yeah. I, I, I can't excuse it being like, oh, well, they went on this great adventure together and nobody else understands how it is to be, you know, having followed Harry around, basically basically saving the world and running Hermione. Mm. I just don't see them as being, like, happy together. I no. just don't see them having no. that, like, loving... I mean, they make it work. It looks like it works for them. They have children, they see, you know, everything. But I just, like, you know, you, you don't see that spark between no. them that maybe, as you say, Harry and Harry. Hermione could have had. Um, but you know, it's all of its stories, and and then you know everyone has a story, and sometimes you you make it work, even though it's it's not ideal and maybe yeah. not perfect. But there's something else in it that kind of draws that you know. 
focus to it that makes it work. So I'm, it's okay, but I'm just saying like authentic. That's where I kind of go. Yeah, yeah. that's Eva Queenie and Jacob are definitely a better couple in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Queen Queenie and Jacob is Joe's way of saying, okay, yeah, I recognize of, of what I did with Haran and Hermione, which was to put them together in a bit of a contrived way, which she she had openly said, it's like, yeah, yes. if, if they had followed their true absolute selves, I think it would have been Hermione and uh, and Harry together. But it's, it is observable in our own lives. We, we certainly have, like, maybe if, Thea, you and I and Ray, we were talking and, like, maybe, you know, riffing about the energies of certain people, we would say, like, you know, okay, so they're together, they've had kids, but I wonder, and there's that question of like who who they could have met that would have been better, you know, for them. And that's just you we know. also have relationship we get yeah. into that just aren't any good, you know. <laughs> that, that you think, that, yeah. you know, for some reason you think it works, and you try and make it work, and eventually you have to admit, well, that that wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you learn from each experience. So yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'm hoping in uh, what may end up happening with HBO Max, that we actually dive into the future, uh, okay. where I believe that we may be looking at um, the cursed child not being decanonized, but I, I think that they, well, I think it would, preferably, I, I, I just don't think there's a couple of elements in that story which which aren't congruent, again, in that way where they don't feel too natural with how the characters have gone. I would love for Joe to say, look, I think... You know, we're gonna get Daniel, and, and that would that would basically destroy the internet. You know, Emma, Daniel, and um, yeah, and mm -hmm. Rupert all together, and to have it be a bit of a Jurassic Park three thing, where you know, in Jurassic Park three, uh, Sam and um, Sam Neil and Laura Dern, like their characters aren't together, where it's like that was very unexpected, and I would love for people you know, to dive into those stories, and then we can end up seeing maybe Joe will be like, you know what just turn 55 or something or whatever she'll be by then and saying, you know what, I, I want to do right. And I want to tell that story of Harry and Hermione coming together. I, that would destroy the world. It really would. Yeah. You have to be careful, have to be careful. with rewriting what's already written. That's and true. my dog is coming again. <laughs> you have to be careful with rewriting what's already written because then you get like kind of like, you know, like the Star Wars films where you have different versions. It's like, oh, which one, you know, is it? Did, did Han Solo shoot the guy or did he not sort of thing? Yeah. But um, I will then say that it's okay to admit mistakes. But even more importantly, it's good to give the reins on to the people who are passionate about. I kind of feel like, as I've kind of said before, the Harry Potter universe lives in the fans. And I definitely think that even though Joe's the creator and Joe, you you have made an amazing world and I love it and I would love to see what else you do with it. Mm. I definitely think kind of opening up the world to then say like, well, let's get new people to have an approach to it. Mm. Um, not maybe saying the same characters or anything, but kind of giving that, you know, giving the universe to the people who grew up in it. The one thing is the pe person who creates it. The other per thing is the people who live in it, if, you, if that makes sense. It. Absolutely. Yeah. One beautiful again, as always, eloquently beautifully expressed for sure. No worries. Well, to return to our chronicle, let, let, let's yeah. do that. I think let's dive back in. Um, so it is revealed that Aurelius created from magic and he's a very ethereal magical entity, mm. yeah. And so that fits beautifully. And I think that'll be a beautiful moment, you know, for that to be revealed. So Grindelwald's goal is to transfer the power of an obscurus into himself. Mm so that he can use yeah. it to exterminate muggles now if you trace this all the way back to the the duel they had as young men that this 
because I'm sure it was a killing, either a killing curse or a very powerful, you know, damaging curse uh, that Ariana had the power as this young child to, to channel her obscurus to defending. I think she, I think that obscure that actually maybe in a, in that same way where the obscurus responds to emotions um, that it came out. And so then Grindelwald, which is actually, if you think about this, this is very twisted of him as a young man. In that moment, he wasn't cons- as maybe he feigned concern for like, oh, Ariana, I'm so sorry that she passed away. And maybe that's how they sort of stayed. That bond was able to continue in some way. I don't know if they had a, uh, you know, a breaking of the of the fellowship at that point. Um, but basically, this makes perfect sense within Gr- uh, Grindelwald's character is that in the back of his mind and how twisted is this that, OK, so you've killed your best friend's sister and instead of being remorseful i'm sure he, he, he i'm sure he feigned it pretended but that incepted that idea of like hang on like that's power you know and it then he be- and he becomes obsessed with the obscurus and that's why in fantastic beast one he is so like uh colin, colin farrell's character it'll all be explained retroactively when we watch these films 2030 it'll all make sense with just how aggressive he is in wanting that obscurus power because he sees that uh if they're able to you know yeah like h- harness that uh that amazing that 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 remarkable power and which which works quite well metaphorically with the the nuclear thing um like the heat like like almost like that aurelius is like a, a living nuclear weapon kind of thing like that it's a it's a power yeah, struggle yeah, so yeah for sure absolutely um if you didn't have any riffs on that i can continue it's up to you if, did you have any commentary no, with that all i'll just say about it was just uh you know when when you have the taste of power Mm. This definitely is that like well how far can I go? Yeah. I mean you 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 will seek the limits and most of the time through history whenever there's been a big development towards something that's end up destructive the people who have been trying to build have often not been trying to build something destructive they've been working on something else scientifically and then going oh boy wait this 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 is dangerous and then someone goes it's dangerous give me right um so so i'm definitely sensing that with with grindelwald where he's like like he he realizes this thing and then he's like oh i'm gonna use this because i can see the percent potential in it um so yeah i I, yeah i can can see it but um it's it's also like sad because that kind of just just kind of turn a little bit but like you know dumbledore having fallen in love with grindelwald and i know they're kind of on the same page for a while but just makes it even hurt more Mm. knowing how how twisted grindelwald was the whole way through like grindelwald just was all about the power and dumbledore fell in love with him and then because you know he has the power thing was kind of like you know when you have a a, you know a a boyfriend or girlfriend you want to share their hobbies so you can be together and you become very excited for something on their regard so you can see this dumbledore just hopelessly in love with this person and eventually getting to that point where he realizes that you know this person is going to probably ruin the world you, you what that do you do? pain as well of yeah. having supported it and gone through with it as, as far as he did i mean that again you're talking about dumbledore carrying around a big burden he, de- he definitely does you said it Again, always so eloquently, Thea, is is that is, again, a parallel for and a commentary on uh, the DV relationship, emotionally abusive, emotionally manipulative relationships, where, again, if there's, like, in this instance, again, uh, regardless of, um, uh, you know, exteriors, generally in all relationships, there is... Um, 
even though again i don't want to speak for it like i don't want to generalize that's important but what ends mm. up happening is just like how we usually have left and right and there are ambidextrous people totally like there are but they're very rare compared to like the left hand the right hand dominant i think uh, grindelwald was the dominant uh energy you know i guess the masculine if you want to put it that way if we're going to couch it in those but whatever just in terms of pure energy uh i would say dumbledore the more connected the more sensitive the more feminine you know and he that resonates with how magical as well dumbledore is because the the feminine is, is that you know that kinship with the magical definitely and 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 grindelwald i think yeah like he, he was this sort of dominant force that i i would say that then um you know, uh, Dumbledore would would try and account for and uh, justify and rationalize, like not the battered wife thing, but like how she. I mean, this is Dumbledore saying, "Oh, he's you know he's sensitive uh, and making excuses for for Grindelwald." You know, yeah, yeah absolutely, I could see that. Mm. He's definitely you know, trying to, for. We really don't know. We don't know. We haven't seen his early life. Really. We've only heard accounts of it. So it's all it's, you know estimation and, and guesswork. Yeah. But you. you you know, when you get, um, I personally been there. So I, when you you fall hard for somebody, yeah. you don't realize how damaging they are until it's too late, and then you're in something where, like, you 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 are, you know, you have a gut feeling telling you something, but you don't want to listen to that gut feeling because you're like you're trying. At least in my experience, was like you know you're trying to deserve this person's love. So you're, you know, you're trying to do everything you can for them to deserve them to love you. And you're just seeking that attention. And then you do things you wouldn't otherwise do, things that it goes oh. against what you are, because you're just trying to, to make them see you and love you. And you're trying to earn their love. That was at least, and I can kind of I guessing. It. Dumbledore had like that where he's like, you know, oh, Grindelwald, you know, I'm, I'm in love with you sort of thing. I just really mm -hmm. want your attention. And the only way to get his attention is to go the same path as him and, yeah. and do at one point you kind of wake up and you stand there like i'm guessing i believe it was you know when when um dumbledore's sister got killed isn't that where they they kind of split up they did split yeah and i imagine that like that would have been something where he would have had that realization moment that it actually took our, and i think again a, a more guilt it would have piled on which is like i had to wait for my sister to die to leave this manipulative man yeah and you have that ultimatum, um, mm. it, you know, one day you wake up, uh, not to get too personal, but I had that as well in my past. And and I I, I feel for Dumbledore and, and that's, but again, everything you experience, everything you go through life, if you're able to dwell with it, if you're able to think about it, if you're able to analyze it and be like, well, this is what I did, this, not to say like, this is what I should have done. But this is what I did and why I did it. You can learn from it and gain great experience. And again, you know, we know how wise Dumbledore is. He has this wisdom about life because he's suffered through so much. He's made so many mistakes. And one of my favorite authors has a saying that I just want to say, and yeah. that he says, uh, if you remember correctly, it is um, every mistake done twice is not a mistake, but a decision, I think it is. Absolutely. So every time, you know, you do something, and every, uh, it's not exactly that, but like every time you do something that you are against, but do it again, because, you know, whatever it, it, you do it, it's not, you know, an accident. Mm. It's a decision you do it. And learning mm. that you made that decision and you took that step definitely uh, will evolve you as a person. Absolutely. Again, so beautifully expressed. And I've also experienced uh, in my own past. And it's important that, see, as you can see, listeners, viewers, it's uh, you've got to get real. 
You know, uh, I think, as I mentioned at the top of the show, getting real with things in that just like not just indulging in this because you see how the even vocally like me and Thea right now, we're just really grounding and, and leveling with each other about what's real, because then that absolutely goes on to not only be worthwhile unto itself because we're human beings first living in the real world first. And then we go into the wizarding world and obviously like magic is real and like we all live there all the time anyway. But but I find it so additive and important to cover off on this stuff. And I love that both Te and I can bring our own personal lived experiences to understanding the the Grindelwald and um, and uh, Dumbledore dynamics out there, which I actually hope that one thing that art can do is that it can encourage dialogues to take place. And who knows that after a viewing of Fantastic Beasts 3 or even 2 maybe, uh, that uh, there was some conversations had <laughs> in, in relationships uh, about like who am I a bit of, am I being a bit of a Grindelwald here? Are you the Dumbledore here? Like that's that's beautiful, and I think it's it's important. And also, yeah, as a general PSA towards emotional honesty, like you you lose nothing uh, from just coming coming clean and being real about like who you are with your partner. Like that's just so important. And then those can actually be moments of great strength, and they can actually build and, and add. Uh, and fortify a bond, you know, or it's basically win-win. It's like either the relationship is revealed to be something that, you know, there's that conscious uncoupling and there's, you know, the recognition of like how there's that incompatibility or it ended up, ends, ends up being this thing you bond over. It's like, hey, I was seriously insecure about where I was, about who I was and wondering if we should be. And like, then that can actually, you gain access, new levels, uh, gain access to- well, The to, most important thing oh, is always just dialogue, communication, yeah. you know, keeping up, commu communicating and communicating openly. Yeah. Um, not, um, I, I, and also sharing your story. And mm. I mean, this is kind of, both I'll say in time with, with Harry Potter as well, because we share Harry Potter's story, but also say like sharing your own story to those around you, because yeah. the more you tell your story, the more it becomes part of you and becomes you. And for me, for instance, Harry Potter is such a huge part of my story. It's such a huge part of my life. It's such a huge part of also how I consider myself. I, I remember reading recently, just to kind of twist the topic a little bit, but um, you know, uh, people, how they, uh, how we have like a whole generation of people who, instead of taking a personality test, they figure out which Hogwarts house they belong to and yeah. they use that to understand their traits amongst friends. And I'm like, yeah, totally. As I said earlier, I'm very loyal. I'm also quite a good finder, I must admit. But kind of like having those traits to be like, well, that speaks to my personality. I can easier, you know, go to somebody and if they tell me, you know, as you could do, I'm a Ravenclaw, I'm like, I know you. I know who you are and what you are. And that's one of those things, you know, part of our story that we have this can we call it extra layer with mm. the Harry Potter world put on top of our own story. Absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. And and, and one thing I see, we reveal ourselves in the things that we create. And Joe, it's it speaks to how she has a curious mind, seeking answers. And there's even a line in Fantastic Beast One's "Are you a seeker?" And I think yeah. Joe is very much a seeker with how setting up, uh, you know, this um, aspect of the Sorting Hat, which is the wonderful metaphor for, you know, it's that INFJ. It is that uh, Myers Briggs. It's like, where, where, what, what's your vibe? What is your kind of sphere that you? Um, uh, that you occupy in terms of yeah the emotional spectrum and what your sort of natural tendencies are and how you respond to like stressful situations and like how curious you are and how like loyal again loyal and uh, power power driven or compassion driven empathy driven so there's a, a wonderful at the heart of the wizarding world this closeness to the dial like the inner dialogue uh 
dialogue with oneself with other people like that's something that is just such a prominent and 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 core pillar to the wizarding world uh uh, that I just, it's just not as much of a focus in things like Lord of the Rings and in Star Wars. Like those are, they're there sometimes with like discussing archetypes, but uh, Wizarding World, they, they really leave, really lives. Uh, leave, uh, yeah. Like with, with Lord of the Rings, yeah, you have the characters you can relate to. Yeah. In Harry Potter, you have literally like groups you can belong to. You can be like, well, you know, for, I mean, yeah, I suppose in Love of the Rings, you can be like, yeah, I'm an elf, but you don't yeah. really know enough about the elves to have that. Instead, like, and that's the great thing about having the Hogwarts dynamic where you have your school and you have like the, the different groups of the school, kind of like you can have pride, you know, you can have your own house pride is what I'm getting at. Like you, you can belong to this thing. Whereas like, I can be proud for the people who share my common like traits and share my you know the way that i am mm. um and i think it's that like having that like you, you know it's, it's kind of like almost like you know having a favorite football team you know you have that you know yeah let's go my yeah. team and we have the same whereas like we've you know decided you know that i'm a hufflepuff you're a ravenclaw we play quidditch you know you have our quidditch team we have our house pride and mm. and we and i think that's why it also became so easy to become part of the harry potter world because as i said it's not as much about like you know a culture or people it's about different groups within the same group that is open for you to join and open for you to be a part of you know you find where you fit and then you you, you belong and it you creates find, a community find where you fit and you belong i love that i'm i'm that's beautiful oh my what a wonderful sentiment i i, I vibe with that entirely my friend absolutely so going ahead in our lovely chronicle i hope again we're still in in this wonderful uh, as we'll, we'll reach the end and we'll go into fan, uh, the diving into what uh, fantasticbeastsmovies.com this uh, wonderful compilation of what we know and all that but frankly can i just say i find it i find it so easy to riff with you about the human experience that we are obviously on a wizarding world show but a credit to you in how open-minded and, and open to these deeper richer dialogues about the human experience like i could honestly talk with you about that stuff for hours there yeah, like it's i really yeah. could yeah my fiance as well uh she uh like she is a leadership slash emotional intelligence mentor kind of in that kind of mm -hmm. coach space we're always talking about this stuff which is i call it the behind the scenes of life like yeah. a lot of the time they are in these uh you know uh, i guess you could call, you know communities fandoms whatever there's there's a bit of an uh, not an anti-intellectualism but an anti uh um self-inquiry kind of angle like there's just too much of an emphasis on the escapism and look i you know me i, I love the creature designs i love the, all of to do with like the esca escapism but i also like with avatar we do the avatar podcast too i call that escapism and activism together you know and uh i also love that about the wizarding world where it can be this escapist thing but then there's also an element of a very prominent like core pillar of uh you know how do you loop that back into your own life and how do you apply that so that you actually don't end up becoming a Grindelwald or becoming a Voldemort, you know? So there's a death. There's definitely a deep death. Uh, depth, depth, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. No, totally agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right. So Grindelwald's goal is to transfer the power of an Obscurus into himself so that he can use it to exterminate muggles. Again, that checks out with what he set up. There's a particular scene in Crimes of Grindelwald where he says, oh, we will always need the cattle, you know, we will always need, you know. But you can tell there's a contempt. There's a contempt, a manipulative, you know, saccharine contempt that he has for muggles, mm -hmm. which 
adds a, a layer of complexity to Grindelwald because he he may say this sublimated thing about oh I don't like human beings because they're they fight and they're gonna launch a nuke and I've seen it in my in my visions That's that they will yeah the world war world war two but guess what Grindelwald I see you that's called sublimation and you are simply uh, a supremacist uh that just like with hitler who who made all these very warped rationalizations about exterminating the jewish people which there's going to absolutely if joe is brave and i know she will do this is you know J J uh, uh jacob is jewish and as we go into that very distressing time in history shameful time in history of what happened with that extremist faction which dishonored the name of germany uh please like again it's so important that we completely see them for what they were they were just just like how we we can't ever associate like um and for me demonstrably like with some of the recent stuff in america like those weren't americans like that maga stuff is no america is about tolerance and open-mindedness and anyone trying to wave that flag and saying this is what i'm about it's like well grindelwald you're not you're not about um the love you know because he says that to queenie's like i'm about free love and i'm about you know people coming together and stuff saying like, no you are an, a super supremacist and you you had these you have these ideas about there no longer being any muggles because you have this vision of the world where there's only wizards and then you can be magical together it's just purely supremacist it's just and the thing yeah. is was he, he does a lot like you know so we've seen so many leaders before he speaks to the worries in like the average person's mind mm -hmm. and then transforms that to a hate yeah. and that's the way he controls the people like even if he's not you know he will say things that you know it is tr true for him so of course but not, like not necessarily what he actually has on, on his mind he just needs people on his side following him for mm -hmm. once they're following they're just gonna keep following and he can start doing things and you know it's a gradual thing developing more and more and more and finding especially those people at their weakest moments as we you know from the second world war the germany felt awful they had a, you know they had quite a lot of struggles so when suddenly someone comes in and says hey follow me you know these guys are bad uh this gives you a reason why everything is bad here and then by the way you know if you follow me we, we will be you know glorious and amazing we'll have all this pride and national feeling and it'll be amazing well then it took off because it spoke to people's pain it spoke to you know that and i i'm gonna say again if you're gonna start like maga again they yeah. are like you know there are people with frustrations with pain with it suffering does, yeah. as long as this leader come by and be like hey you know i i can fix this i can make it all magical disappear if you just you know become slightly racist and crazy yeah. and, and so on <laughs> and that's the manipulation it preys on on yeah. poor yeah like not only poor in that monetary sense but just you know lacking in 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 empathy of having uh you know had a certain upbringing where there was that engendered sense of equality like people who are frustrated because they all they ever knew were dividing lines and the racism and stuff and they've they just haven't been able to access that wider human experience which then if they had that they would defend it and they would know not to be manipulated but for that's why the danger of the dictator is that they um they harness the the even the innocent weaknesses of people to turn them into you know soldiers and also, in the hatred army the yeah. that these leaders they harness are they ill-informed? I mean, one thing is you can tell a person, like I'm, I'm going to use an, an example, like you can tell a person that the world is round, but if they've never actually seen it yeah. in, by their own eyes, they might not believe it. 
I believe, of course, I, uh, you know, Earth is round and everything, but, you know, people might not believe it. And so they 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 live in this world where like well if this is you know if if everyone is saying this but that's not true because i can't see it well what else is not true and then they start you know working on all these theories and all these ideas and when somebody then has an answer you know comes with this answer that even though us you know who you know know the world is round for instance mm. um we know that that's not you know how it is uh, they will hear this like completely crazy idea to us but it'll make sense to them and then create this like world of uncle misinformation mm. and in the way like you see you can probably have you know with like for instance the wizards and the muggles or the wizards a lot of them have probably never sat down and drank tea with a muggle you know they've yeah. never realized that muggles have some of the same issues than us and are the same they just you know they don't have magic and instead yeah. they use cars and they use whatever uh, and, and rooms. So, yeah. you know, sitting down, meeting that culture, meeting those people, learning that they are people as well, and then not having all those, being inspired to take in all these conspiracy theories and all these ideas that suddenly get stabilized. And you can definitely see Grindelwald as well as doing this, you know, you know, basically burrowing on this, you know, group of, uh, of wizards who just I'm gonna say no, nothing better. They they yeah. just get told like, oh, okay, that makes sense because you know. And Weaponized ignorance. Weaponized yeah. ignorance. Yeah, and uh, that's therein is the tragedy. And and uh, as you said, I think uh, you again very touched on it beautifully. Uh, you have a gift, by the way. You need to either develop some essays and and you need to do some presentations. I think it just becomes random Reddit post now and then. No, yeah, okay. I'm signal boosting you on the show. You're the co-host of this beloved co-host, may I add. Uh, and I just want to, I want to attend uh, a talk from you. Like we had, um, uh, at least talking about this letter that she, she, uh, she wrote to, um, to, to rolling. I uh, just about, you know, that the subject matter mm. of like her views and stuff, what I would love, I want to, I want to be front row. I want to sit and, and listen to you speak about this, this subject. It's you, you have such a, a valuable voice towards this. Um, <laughs> and I will say, uh, I want to echo this. What you said is 99.9% .9 of the world's problems could be solved if we just sat down and had some tea and talked with people <laughs> instead of, judging and throwing up all these dividing lines and realizing oh you have a mortgage too oh you pay rent too and oh you have a an annoying aunt as well and then the common ground like so much of the world's suffering is from a lack of wanting to find I, that again they can bring back to the talk about generalization and shunning people because you just I mean, we, we are all people, we are all in the same boat called Earth uh, spinning through the universe. So let's stand together. Let's do it. Absolutely. Wonderfully, wonderfully expressed as always. I love you very much. You're great. I send this, I say this to my fiance. When someone's wonderful and they're beautiful, you tell them you love them, that they're beautiful, and then you move on. As you continue, it's important to be very energetically uh, transparent and, and generous in this world because you know uh, time is limited. We'll, we will eventually change shapes at the at the very end. We'll become different things, become the universe. And so, while you're around, make sure to say these things. So you are a credit and to your. And that's where I want to say you are infectiously happy and an absolute cheer to talk to. I love it. Thank you. Oh, I really and I hold those words very much. But you are a credit to your parents, credit to yourself. All of the people in your life are very, very lucky to have you. Totally. So, and I'm certainly lucky to have met you for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's continue. And the cheer. I love that word, using the word that the cheer is real. I dig it. Okay. So, yeah. So Dumbledore discovers that if the power of Aurelius is transferred into him, 
you know, Dumbledore instead, then he can use uh, that magic to fight Grindelwald. Uh, so the race is on to use that power first, uh, rendering the blood pact void. This mm. is the key, is that that blood pact cannot be undone, just like an unbreakable vow. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That blood pact goes beyond the unbreakable vow. It's, it's with blood. This isn't just a, a simple binding of magic with a wand. This is blood. And so it's literally impossible on any level for them to fight one another. However, the Obscurious is this very, very rare ancient yeah. magic that, that has the ability to, you know, that they can harness it. And what we are building up to, I believe, is that something that maybe the history books will have forgotten is that uh, in that duel, uh, Aurelius will be with um, his brother and help him defeat Grindelwald, I think that that will be something that if it comes to Aurelius taking on a certain form that in the history books, like they just, it was something that they uh, didn't quite know how to reflect it because we have no idea of the nature of this duel. We know that it's going to be in Fantastic Beasts 5. I would love for it to have been this victory of, of, ready? I'll just, I'll, I'll phrase it, you know, goosebumps, but here we go. So with the arc that will be completed of Ariana passing away, sadly, this obscurial with her obscurus, for the arc to have been completed with uh, defeating Grindelwald at the hands of this uh, benevolent uh, and, and resolved and functional d- uh, relationship that Dumbledore then has with this spirit of his sister in the form of Aurelius and that they fight mm-hmm. together, like, you yeah, know, yeah. That, that and they, they, they can bring down. Um, and I would love that. I, I would love that idea of... Uh, Grindelwald having been able to to defeat this, you know, tragic in some senses, but by by most counts, dominantly, like for the most part of what Grindelwald is, is a there's a psychopathic energy to him. He's a, he's a very anti life, I would say, not conducive to 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 love, not conducive to all of the of what we hold dear, and 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 I think that will be obviously a huge conflict for him because he loved this man, but I think that reconnection with the spirit of his sister will allow yes. that, I mean, that that love. Bond. Yeah. I mean that, you know, because, you know, Ariana, she tried to save Dumbledore before and kind of having that awakening back in her, like, you know, to stand with Dumbledore, protecting him and dealing through to end this blood pact. I definitely think that, uh, yeah, that, that will be a powerful moment. Mm. Um, and could you imagine kind of like, you know, uh, with Harry Potter, he has like the stone he sees his family like yeah. what if Ariana's spirit kind of like appeared in Ezra's character credence and then like just like had this moment where they are bonding again as family yeah um I, that would that would be beautiful I, I mean I'd be in tears frankly I think many people would <laughs> with uh what the Wizarding World stories have introduced is I'm sure that there's been dialogues had uh my fiance is really really good at this of, of creating this space where you can confront some of what you've buried deep down and that uh, the idea of being able to say goodbye to a loved one, like that's, that's also a very powerful um, thing that the wizarding world is able to bring into the the consciousness of the story. And that would be, that would add layers upon layers of meaning and, and resonance with that final battle of it, the core of it being really about Dumbledore and his sister, you know, with Aurelius. So lots of love there for sure and good vibes very very resonant very kindred um 
So there you go. Dumbledore discovers, yes, the power, yes, using it first for during the blood-packed void. The film ends with Nicolas Flamel creating a rebel society for fighting against Grindelwald, and he calls it the Order of the Phoenix. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> because of the idea that, you know, Grindelwald uh, has been trying to manipulate Aurelius, um, but then Aurelius realizes that Grindelwald is using yeah, him. And as you, yeah. That's right, and, and, and realizes this, and at the end, him and Fawkes come back, and there's this allyship that occurs where he realizes that manipulation, and now it is these two, bro- these two brothers, these siblings, rather, you know, um, with Aurelius and Ariana, and, uh, you know, I love that there's that that shared A name, you know, and I love obviously that that triangle shape is very significant in the uh, Wizarding World with the the the, the Hallows. So Aurelius, you can you can sort of see it there alchemically. That makes sense. And then for the beginning and like for the end of FB three to be this okay, all right, so they're back together, and we will see that repairing of that relationship and that you know secrets obviously to be revealed and everything. But you know, as often sometimes you know like. Uh, uh, it's a, the mascot, you know, like with a football team. It's like, oh, you know, like your lovely little uh, fee, the puppy there. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that if we were, you know, like a bunch of kids in primary school and we were coming, oh, what should we have? What should be our symbol for our treehouse? Ah, oh, okay, we'll just have fee. He will just be the mascot. So I believe yeah. the baby. Um, they have the phoenix, yeah. Yeah, phoenix. Like Forks will be right there and they'll say, well, it's the order of the phoenix because because we're rising up. So. That would be beautiful there. And again, that would be additive. So at this point in the write-up, uh, there's a lot of questions from the community. One, they, they ask, does Abel, does Aberforth appear? Uh, does McGonagall appear? Are there dragons? Uh, what is the role of Eulalie Hicks uh, from Ilvermorny? Um, do they go to South America? If yes, for doing what? And what is the role of the International Confederation of Wizards? So lots of questions, but I have to be a good host and a good friend to you now. How much time do I have you for? I don't want to cut into your time. Are we good? Well, I mean, we are, we're good. I'm a little low on battery, so I'll have to get a charger. And also I do okay. need a little uh, putty break. Yeah, <laughs> no, go, go. I'll get some, okay. do you want to take, I'll take a, I'll get some water and yeah, I'll, I'll in two minutes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. okay, beautiful. Good. Just get a charger. Huzzah. And I brought some more books as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay, excellent. I got my water as well. Fantastic. Wonderful. I got a charger and everything is fixed. Let's go. <laughs> Good to go. Let us continue. Okay, so Eulalie Hicks, I want to now, just for people following along, it's I did I did some pull-ups as well because <laughs> I have the pull-up bar behind mm-hmm. me, you can see. It's, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, Eulalie I kill myself if I try to do one of those. So. You you love it. Uh, it's a perfect birthday present. I'm, you tell me your birthday. Yeah. And yeah. Really, really rad. Because um, every time I walk through the doorway, I, it's like a little challenge. It's like, let's go, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. So Lally, she is rad. Um, and then we're talking about... Um, so uh, etymologically, Yuleli is a French form of Eulalia, which is derived from the Greek Eulalos, meaning sweet speaking. Uh, itself from the word o, good, and laleo, talk. So sweet, speaks sweetly, you know? Mm-hmm. And the surname Hicks is an English patrion- uh, patronymic derived from Hick, which is from the medieval personal name Hicke, a pet form of Richard, meaning powerful ruler. Hicks okay. is a widespread surname in England and is common in the Southwest uh, and Southern Wales. So Eulalie Hicks is played by Jessica Williams. 
from The Daily Show. <laughs> so this uh, comedian who uh, has uh, uh, gone into her um, her acting stage of her career, which I think she's about to find a pretty rad calling with that. I'm actually, I'm, I still do this thing of bringing up the pictures from my phone, but now I've got the ability. So I'll just, uh, we'll go Jessica. I mean, just saying like, being an actor anywhere in the world, being coming to be part of the Harry Potter you know, or the Wizarding World universe is basically like, you know, one of the craziest things you can, you can Absolutely. do. She is Wait. very rad. There you go. There she is. Oh, just quick, completely off topic. Yeah. Um, recently, I was a few months ago, there was this thing about a Harry Potter actor who died who was never in the movies, who was like a background character, who was never actually in the final cut. Yet when he died, every article called him Harry Potter. I was like, who? And I, I don't know if you, if you saw yeah. that. Let's, so let's look up. Okay, so yeah. Harry Potter actor died. So it should come uh, up. And then, and the elderly man. Um, mm. Rob Knox, I think maybe. Um, let's see. Uh, who may not know of Passweight? Not appear on screen. Okay. But like, I've never. I've seen you know the movies loads and loads and loads of time. I have no recognition of ever seeing him in the film. But there is like on some of those uh, articles, you know, saying you know that he died and such. There are pictures of him in his like outfit when when he was in the films. Yeah. But apparently, I, I can't. It seems to be cut content. Cut that was content. Never in it. Let's. Yeah, and then, you know what? I I really want to do a deep dive. Let's um on the next episode. Let's do a full deep dive so I can do my research and everything because I'm just doing a bit of a cursorily. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Absolutely, that is now officially. That was, was interesting. I mean, props for him. And if you you're a Harry Potter actor, you're a Harry Potter actor. And yeah. All the best to his family and so on. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, let's let's absolutely we're going to totally do a deep dive so that we can fully explore it full show. So mm -hmm. there you go. Um, so yeah, you, Lely, uh, Jessica Williams, which I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing her representing Ilvermorny. Like that's going to be beautiful, and her interplay with the characters I think is going to be really rad. She has a great energy to her as a person and as an actor. There we go. So these are questions. A couple of questions that the the community asked um, the viewer. Uh, the benefactor and here are the answers so they reply they say aberforth uh, aberforth does appear he is working in a bar early in the film and then appears as one of the members of the order at the end Yulele is yeah, exactly <laughs> Yulele is in the film she's pretty much the leader of operations within the order uh, and acts as a commander sort of character she's very charismatic and uh, she gets to duel and i'll this is spoken of later Guess who she gets to duel? Guess who Yuleli duels in the third Fantastic Beast movie? Mm. Well, it's uh, an oh, upcoming oh, guest, upcoming guest on the show, which I'm I'm oh. putting feelers out for. Poppy, who plays Vinda Rosier, so it's going to be Rosier versus Yuleli Hicks. Mm. That, that's uh, uh, I have a picture of her in my head. It's the one with the like the ponytail. Sort no, of I'll just show you. That's okay. So yeah, we please. go Vinda. Rosia. I'll just bring up a little picture here. Here we go. That one there. Oh, that's a pretty low resolution. Let me get a high resolution one. There we go. <laughs> oh, I'm scrolling with that. That's okay. Here we go. That one there. 
Yeah, that's that's the one I meant. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I meant. She yeah. is... I just didn't realize the name. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, so that is going to be quite a quite an interesting and we're very very special. Yeah. Frankly, because um, I'm like second in command in both ends, dueling it out. <laughs> Well, see, again, it's so cr same wavelength, lady. I was literally about to say that. It's like uh, that idea of her saying, okay, no, no, you go, you guys go. I'll I'll take care of this, you know? Uh, and I, I imagine I could imagine them like, you know, maybe trying to rescue Aurelius or something and then Vinda and you, Lely, like lock eyes and then they just duel. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. would be really, really fucking cool. I dig also, that. Also, can we just appreciate like woman to woman duel? Like ba absolutely badass. Yeah, stoked. <laughs> You said it. You said it. All right. Um, exactly. So then they go to Brazil. And the reason why they go to Brazil is in search of the evidence of an Obscurus. Okay. So the idea is that the Obscurus is a very, very ancient form of magical entity, uh, possibly with its uh, with its origins in um, that locale in the world. Like there's certain, I'm sure certain creatures that uh, they've emerged from, like maybe like like the origins of mag magic itself, like Africa. You know, this Africa uh, and then South Africa. Like there's there's a magical primordial quality to that region yeah. of the world, and it. Again, well, as we're going through, it's like, does this fit? It's like, absolutely. That's why they'd be going to Brazil is to look at the ancient history uh, and speaking with some of the tribes there for, you know, how to how to navigate this this um, uh, mm. uh, yeah, this this very very powerful magical entity for sure. Yeah. So there you go. Um, if you had if you didn't have any riffs on that one, I can keep going. What do you reckon? Go on. On we go. There you go. So the ICW the international confederation of wizards meet at a dinner party scene in berlin uh at the uh i don't know if it's going to be at the actual german um uh you know ministry of magic but that's that exactly yeah that's oh, the kind of okay you can just make a wish the German, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's time-wise, maybe, but they have in Berlin this incredible, like, uh, store called KDW. That's <sighs> absolutely like, just a huge place, you know? And it has, like, floors and floors. And floors. And it's very, like, it used to be very beautiful, very art deco and stuff. So I'm going to imagine, like, the basement of that. So you go into, like, this muggle, muggle like, giant store that has absolutely everything. And I'm like, I'm going to stand about I'm just, I'm just... No, that's perfect. <laughs> You are absolutely like kindred to me. Like we, I think we definitely met in the cosmos before. There was the whole thing of like, also that <laughs> about my fiance is like, there's a certain people you meet. They're like, oh yeah, we definitely met before this lifetime. I think out there because there's, <laughs> I am the exact same as I'm going through, riffing about stories. I have these very powerful things called mind's eye cinema where it's like I just I see that happening in my mind's eye and like I totally resonate with that. So please, more of that. Like feel free to jump in and like. Mm. riff with me about any particular thoughts you have and, and visions for like what would be wonderful to see so well done I, I vibe with that totally okay so as we go ahead yesterday meet at a dinner party in berlin where grindelwald infiltrates this dinner party uh, and they tries to get the attendance of the dinner party on his side so that he and his followers can stop living in the shadows which is tied in with this unmasking of being revealed to be mads mikkelsen you know and so a few more questions is, does Yusuf appear? Does he fight? What's up with his unbreakable vow? Uh, what is the role of Nagini? Uh, what is the role of Abernathy? So it's confirmed that Abernathy will not be in the movie because of, uh, there's some 
uh, you know, issues with, with that actor. Uh, and frankly, Abernathy is, uh, you know, it, he, he, he's very much, and it's, it's in the character. Again, I love that they're uh, pivoting with these developments in the real world with, with, you know, I think on Johnny's side, I just, there's just not, it's circumstantial. And like this, this complex would have to have a dedicated episode for that. But uh, I think with this actor who played um, Abernathy, I think it's it's pretty cut and dry. Like he did those things, and um, so the way they're pivoting with that is that yeah, Abernathy is he's a he's a you know he's an acolyte, like easily replaced, yeah. you know, and that fits fits well within for sure, absolutely. So, uh, uh, so and this is the view he said. Also, as I said in a previous comment, I was very curious about dragons and or McGonagall. Uh, do they ha- do they appear and have a role? So this is the answer. So Yusuf only appears with the rest of the order at the end. The vow is not yet explained. Yeah, it's not explained, but that's my little flourish there. It's not, not yet explained because I think it will be. Yeah. Um, Nagini, all uh, again, all shows up at the end uh, with uh, as part of the order. So I love that Nagini is part of this order at the end. Like she, she's going to have this arc of um, uh, of having, interestingly, credence was on you know the wrong side and then came back to the right side and then nagini is you could be part of the story you know bringing him back in bringing absolutely bringing him back in and then obviously there's that interesting parallel with uh you know in the circus arcanas like talking about oh you know and she is forever cursed to be the maledictus well that works also as a parallel narratively where we know that not only does she turn into this creature which is fated to always be in this permanent shape, but she's also sadly fated to, you know, end up um, on Voldemort's side. And what I think that the most that she can do, Joe, as the author, uh, to honor the author, the, the experience of, you know, Claudia Kim, and really dive into her, is that hopefully in uh, four, is we just see like four can be a big, not like a send off, like in this way that we we really have this like full-fledged experience for Claudia um that would be beautiful I would love that and uh, I'm just going to leave the little door open for hopefully maybe something where uh you know she's able to ready are you ready this is very contra I don't know okay so we're talking about alchemical separations of essences from from you know exterior casings or whatever with Aurelius I wonder if we may be able to see a story where Nagini gets to split into two and then Claudia gets to stay a human being and then yes. her, her bestial side becomes Nagini and we get to see Claudia yeah. get to be like a, a, a normal wizard and she gets to have her authentic human experience and then there's that actual decoupling and so she gets to defy that curse. Uh, would, you, would you like that? Would that be nice? I'd like that. I'd like that. I mean... Yeah, I would definitely like it, and I'm also just I, I, one notion I want to kind of put as, as, as uh, with the Fantastic Beasts movies and such. They're trying to, you know, there's so many details. They're trying to like tell kind of like, the origins of and such. And it, also, in the end, it becomes a bit muddy to kind of keep control of it all. And I would worry if every arc, like you know, every arc, because they're bringing them up, so every arc needs a conclusion where you're like. Okay, that makes sense. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that that makes sense for the future. And so far in the genie, she doesn't seem like a bad person. So kind yeah. of having that in the mind that she becomes, you know, Voldemort's the genie just seems so far fetched. So you're yeah. kind of like you're kind of scared where they're gonna take this. And mm-hmm. if that what you're saying is gonna be, I'm like I can I can deal with that. But like if they just go like oh 
Nagini go bad. I'll be like. Yeah, no, Nagini go bad. Yeah, I, I would like that to be at least if okay. You have a couple of different like, options. Yeah, I I want to just completely support what you're saying. Is like just make it mean something. You know, like yeah. Make it mean something. Make it. I make it so like when we've seen all the films and we done. Uh, can I just put one thing? McGonagall mm -hmm. and Fantastic Beast. Yeah. Time wise. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I'm like, why? I mean, I, I could have done with you know because they're they're already breaking like the story, so to yeah. say. Like, but my best example is you know bringing McGonagall in, although we're not even sure if it's actually is McGonagall, McGonagall, but it seems to be. Um, so I'm just kind of worried that you know they they will you know break the timeline because they're trying so hard to yeah. to fit things in, kind of like fan service to us fans, because like, oh, you recognize this, oh, you recognize this, yeah. and people are like, oh my god, oh my god. But you just also then really need to make sure that the conclusion and when we go to the end, we are pleased with that because else you're gonna get, you know it's gonna go to hell. People are gonna yeah. get so angry at the treatment of characters that we either grew to love or mm. characters that we used to respect that we now suddenly can't because of in the past and so on and so on. So that just they need to they have a needle thin thread. They need to walk for this to work and yeah. and it's a work for me. But I'm also open to say, like, look, come with it. Prove me wrong. You know, prove yeah. me that you can give everyone that conclusion that they deserve. So we don't, you know, ruin anything in the Harry Potter universe and, don't, and also have this movie series with the Fantastic Beasts where we really have something that makes sense for the future, for, you know, the other films forwards. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love that you've seen, you've laid out a few options there. That's very well rounded of you uh, mm. as uh, avenues where, as, depending on where the story of Claudia's character goes, that we it will feel, again, that's our greatest hope is, you know, the Alberts and the Theas, and I'm sure most people, we just want that authentic, you know, full-fledged honoring of, of Claudia as, as, as this character, which they have a couple of extra films to, to, to really dive into that. Films, yeah. yeah, you said and it. Then just don't, and also, I was just like, do not make too many story points and too many characters. So we yes. end up with, I haven't seen it, but Game of Thrones last season, if I'm correct, if that's a correlation I can make. Yeah, yeah. Just don't make the last film be like, oh, we have to conclude everything now, and it's going to be chaos. Yeah. You know, make it... <laughs> yeah. I agree. I know they're, they're, they're doing what they can, of course. This film needs to succeed for them to have a future with the visiting world in, you know, movie-wise, and we mm. need to make sure you know, people are interested in seeing them. Mm. But... The question is also like have they bitten off more than they could chew i mean yeah. that's um we'll see we will see and and okay i like to manifest things put them out into the universe and here's what i hope is that fb3 is this you know third time's a charm type thing or whatever it is this full-fledged uh this series stepping into its own saying beautiful things the i'll just say it because it's important to 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 discuss it head on is the integration uh, and the the bringing of love to all mm -hmm. sectors like the the, the 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 apology which needs to take place and then the full-blown integration and just love and good vibes with the trans community represented with mm -hmm. the Ezra development of that character as this transitory being uh, between the feminine and masculine like I would love for there to be a massive amount of healing and positivity to return to the wizarding world from FB3 and then for that to, I'm gonna say it I would love for them to to possibly even do more than five films if, if it vibes if it goes well if then it's needed. 
Yeah, if it is needed to make sure that Nagini has her full-fledged story, that we're not rushing these characters and to really learn from the mistakes of the the Game of Thrones' season eights of the world, you know? Um, You know, take the characters we love and, like, let's conclude the Newt, Dumbledore, Grindelwald arc, yeah? Yeah. And then just, like, make a couple of little spin-off films, you know, one for Nagini, one for Queenie and Jacob, and just, you know, give them them something so we can enjoy them as characters and, and see where they go. Fully honor the entirety of their arc and their being and their existence. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, lady. With, with the Harry Potter yeah. films, you know, we had the books and we were able to know more about Harry's personality and such through the books. If you just see the, the films, you are lacking a lot. And that's where, where they're now. They have these film series where it's like only films. You don't have anything beneath it. It's even more important to give those characters that time because yeah. otherwise it will be rushed and muddy at the end. We don't have that time you know, to dedicate an entire chapter. And mm-hmm. that's why you maybe, as I say, you know, then then write them, make them another movie, give them, give them space. Beautiful. I, absolutely. Yeah. And that's how it should really apply that way to, um, I really hope that that, yeah, lead the charge with that, which is, yeah, these characters, they mean a lot. They have the potential of being amazing platforms for all kinds of inner self-inquiry uh, platforms for like discussing like they're pa- and they're they're signal boosters for certain dynamics like like please don't just see them as something to just shuffle away in terms of trying to like fit a release date like these are and 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 joe, and joe one thing you can unequivocally say is that she creates layered very interesting characters that have these dimensions to them that really deserve to be explored and fully honored completely so absolutely okay so, and then here's the next uh, part of as we go along. Uh, Abernathy is not in the film. Uh, the creature in China looks like a white fur-covered dragon, a uh, humanoid-shaped, hard to uh, tell, uh, you know, the full kind of shape of it, which I kind of like that idea, you know. McGonagall uh, is not in the film. Uh, there are Hogwarts scenes, though, uh, on the viaduct and in Dumbledore's office before he goes to Berlin. Claudia Kim is in the film for the ending scene that is all same for Flamel uh, who is only there at the end when they dub themselves the Order of the Phoenix Uh, he is in another scene but it could have been a stand-in because it was a flashback which is again very uh, interesting Um, so there we go let's continue I will just sort of find okay so uh, some people are asking him about the the, the certain creatures He, he describes it as a giant crouching fur covered dragon like a little bit like a large version of um dougal from the first film you know so like a very very large that's what this creature at the beginning of the film uh mm, that's right uh grindelwald's motivation for an obscurus was to defend himself from dumbledore literally um you know like and that's well not to just defend but yeah like again like as we explored earlier with this ulterior motives and stuff you know um, so the film, uh, Grindelwald wants the Obscurus power so he can wipe out muggles and, and yeah, to like, make sure that like, and I mean, <laughs> for him, Grindelwald attack, like attacking his defense for him. So he just wants to exterminate the muggles and then in all likelihood do away, like surpass the blood pact and eliminate his, his prime, you know, yeah. and yeah, like his, his lover nemesis, you know? So, um, it, yeah, the, uh, wipe out the muggles and but binding the obscurus to him obscurus to himself will break the blood pact the same as why Dumbledore figures out that they can't fight using their own magic uh, but they can fight each other using someone else's magic just like with you know yeah. wand ownership that's there's a precedent mm-hmm. there in the wizarding world uh, so one of the other needs to harness that power um, I guess we will find out when the film releases 
Um, a couple of extra comments here. Uh, Grindelwald says this to Aurelius that his father hated muggles because they attacked his sister. He says that this is why muggles are lesser. So Dumbledore's father attempted to radicalize him against muggles. Yeah. This is this is uh, tied into what my fiance and I discuss. Uh, it's actually something that is known out there with relationships is uh, often the arc for many people for us is to realize that we end up without realizing it, dating one of our parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? We find someone who we are just used to that familial parental energy. And then we we sort of start, like Reyes discussed, this is like there are certain figures in her life where, oh, I, I think I was like dating my dad energetically, like like that that, that energy of, of that certain, um, like, you know, just to kind of, as I'll just broaden, broaden this out, it's like, for example, say if you had a very, if you're a guy and you had a very manipulative mum, you know, uh, you know, energetically scarce. Yeah, you might actually find that you are drawn to someone who is also manipulative, who is also gaslighting, and you're not even aware of it, but you're you're dating your dysfunctional mom, you know, like energetically. Yeah. And that is what Dumbledore was doing with Grindelwald. Uh, he was dating his dad, like this radical um, character who hated muggles and... But because, you know, the subtlety of, of Grindelwald is that he hid all of that behind his charisma. But yeah. you have to look you have to look past the charisma and realize, oh, actually, this is bad. Like I'm dating my my racist dad. You know, <laughs> do you have you have any experiences like just oh. from friends or yourself like that? Yeah. Yeah, loads. But I was about to say, like, it doesn't even have like you're dating your, you know, your your parents exactly. But it's like you put upon a path inspired yeah. by what your your parents do. It's what you knew in your childhood. It's what you you grew up learning. So when you have to choose your, you know, your own path forward. I mean, it's the same. Like when we have to vote politically, mm -hmm. I kind of go, I have no freaking idea, you know, anything. I kind of look to my dad and go, dad, what are you voting? And he goes like, oh, I vote these guys because, you know, they do this. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that sounds interesting. And so I started voting the same as him. Like, yeah. have I actually looked really into it? Maybe. I, I mean, I will say I have looked, I have looked into it a bit and I do agree, but it's definitely something like I grew up in this household where we were very, like we were, aware about being green we're aware about you know we want the, the best social status for everybody we want you know a free health care we want you know all these you know these things so of yeah. course we're going to vote that way but had i grown up in a different household then maybe i wouldn't it's just you get inspired from what you know as a child and also because you have this idea that you know the people older than you they know better like they 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 have fought yeah. the thoughts that you have now and have fought them like 20 years ago so they have come up with con conclusions and sometimes leading in those conclusions can really help you you know to make choices but mm -hmm. then sometimes they are just not good and you need to one day realize this it's part of the growth experience uh yeah. to recognize that out of the nest we are naturally seeking the familiar and we're drawn to what we know already mm -hmm. Um, where the path of growth is actually in going outside of what you know and exploring ideas outside of what you grew up with. And uh, Grindelwald had that moment, which, you know, it's extrapolated out into this like uh, fantasy world metaphor and analogy of like this, you know, um, I'm sure, I mean, obviously, and same with Mads, like they cast very well because uh, I just want to say about Mads, if there was any question of this man's ability, which the viewer then talks about later, of someone to take a role that 
a actor who's previously occupied it, made it their own, uh, to have proven that with Hannibal, which is taking uh, his own completely self-authored direction from Sir Anthony Hopkins with Hannibal. You know, they are absolutely equally iconic. And now, but I will say, if you Google Hannibal now, Mads Mikkelsen comes up, not Anthony Hopkins, yeah. which is a true testament to this man, like saying, look, I didn't even want to attempt to 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 try and be like Anthony uh, as Hannibal. And things you can't recreate. You, you just can't. can't. You have to make yeah. it your own. You have to just, you know, take it on and, and make yeah. it what you want to make it. And Absolutely. that was where it becomes iconic. So definitely, yeah. And and that that is really yeah. There's a there's a beautiful message there about like yeah, making it your own. And and I'll loop that back into what we were talking about is like to make your own life your own. You need to get away from what you know, especially if what you know is deleterious and, and negativistic and close-minded and dogmatic. Which is Dumb Dumbledore's father. Which is there is there is some tragedy to Percival, which was his dad's name, I believe. Um, which was that, of course, if your daughter ended up having this experience happen to her, like that would have it would have broken most men and turned them into, you know, and, he, and sadly it transpired this way that he went down that path of becoming like a monster, you know, of, of being hateful. And then, you know, we, we may even explore the different layers because all we know is that he attacked them and uh, Percival went to Azkaban because of it, you know, um, we will explore that. I, I, I'm certain that that will be something that um, I, I, you know what, I, I, I understand. Like as she was developing things for Harry Potter, I'm sure she started because I'm sure this is with authors and creators. They describe as they create. It's less like they're creating. It's more like they're as they 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 discover, you know, the character. Yeah, they, like, they yeah. explore the the characters' paths and kind of walk with them and see, you know, why. You know, if you have an an arc for a character, they need to have a reason to have that arc. You can like that's one of the big problems with bad media. You know, like. Uh, you know, when they're just uh, writing someone being absolutely like aggressive, it's like, well, why are they aggressive? What's in their past to do that? And good craftsmanship when you are an author is definitely having thought that through, thought through mm -hmm. that, like, what is the experience that makes you. So, can you stop one second? My yep. dad is looking at me. Hi. <laughs> say hello for me. <laughs> Tell him, say hello from Australia. Hello. This is the eyeball Australian. Giant hugs. So okay. <laughs> Tell him that he just became a star. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, he already is. He is already a star. Okay, sending good vibes. Yeah, he, uh, we, we do uh, amateur theater, and uh, he is the production manager of the theater. Oh. And we just finished the production actually yesterday. So Lovely. We're, we're still uh, on the stage hype, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, amazing. I, I did some here in Canberra. I was in the. I was quartermaster Hitchens in the Titanic, the musical. So oh, my, yeah. my mum also, was, I know there's totally a Titanic, the musical now, you know, <laughs> and uh, I played the guy who likes, you know, steered the ship into the iceberg. It's crazy. <laughs> I know Brilliant. not the best role, I guess, but um, you know what? In hindsight, it's so funny. That was 2004 back in the day, but in hindsight, I don't think it is very tasteful to do a musical about Titanic. <laughs> I think the reason why I saw it was because we are looking for production. This is complete off topic from Harry Potter, but we're looking for production for uh, future shows we're going to do at the theater, mm -hmm. and we need we need to find something that fits a certain demographic. And our demographic is especially elderly women who bring mm -hmm. their husband and maybe some family with them to see the shows. And I was kind of I, I sat down, and watched Titanic, and I was kind of like, 
Uh, we usually we have like funny and we have a lot of dancing and we have like a lot of show colorful costumes i'm like a show where 1700 people die at the end <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no no it's cool like and i'm looking please keep me up to date actually when we come back onto 12, 11 and 12 etc uh always within your schedule never any pressure i want to i want to hear the progress i'm looking forward to hearing all of that that'll be great fun 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 okay and then when we visit, because we're Ray and I, we're going to uh, Leipzig next year. Uh, we are going to Denmark next year, so I have to come say hi. Absolutely, okay. Most welcome. Here. We'll figure it out for sure. And you must come to Australia. Absolutely, you and your dad, oh, like you and whoever. You dream of will... life get to Australia. Absolutely, you will not lift a finger. We will take care of everything. You food, you. lodgings, everything. Good vibes. The cheer is real. I, I, I need a Barbie. You need to give me a Barbie. Well, you will have a Barbie. We're going to fucking shrimp on the Barbie, mate. It'd be fucking great, mate. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So let us continue. All right. So yes, uh, Grindelwald says uh, this to Aurelius, that his father hated muggles because they attacked his sister. He says that this is why. This is why muggles are lesser, which is a very unfair generalization. And it's it speaks of his trauma that he, again, in that trauma space we always try to like lay the blame so that we can just have yeah. a focused target for our hate and it's you know and he said it's uh it doesn't necessarily mean pure blood uh it just means muggles you know so specifically because you know these people uh you know uh, so, and i'll just say it it's it's icky to, to say it's it's very you know but yeah they raped and killed his daughter like that's heavy man like and of course that that would that would color your perception of the world and if you, know, you already don't have like an you know, I'm expecting he's not really one to mingle with muggles. So yeah. all he knows is there's this other people who he doesn't really have like any understanding of and suddenly they come and do this. Well, then, of course, you're going to, you know, generalize as we're talking about so much. You know, you're going to basically yeah. just be like, well, you know, all these are bad and none of them are good. You don't get that nuance. You don't get that. You know, there are there are good people and bad people everywhere. But sometimes people can't see that and just label them all bad. And mm. you said um, it. Yeah. You see it a lot through many, many places as well in the world right now. Yeah, and it's a sad thing, which we hope to, just as you said, light in the darkest of places and just bring that illumination to like people become more aware of different hidden sides of their own darknesses so that they don't project that onto other people. That's all we can hope for, that we can move more towards the light for sure. Um, okay, so... There's a line here from the, the viewer. He says, uh, specifically, Newt says that Grindelwald is taking everything for him from him. You know, a, a good friend with later, you know, former, you know, crush, love interest. But yeah, she passed away because of Grindelwald. And then um, Theseus, which will really mess. It's, it's as, as the, you know, the viewer mentioned, it, it will be a real character moment for him. And yeah. Specifically, it says that Grindelwald taking everything from him, and I can absolutely see Grindelwald in that moment trying to manipulate Newt into saying, well, you know, we saw that uh, we were able to bring some part of uh, Ariana's spirit back with Aurelius and, like, come to my side and we, yeah, can, yeah. we can try and bring Theseus and later back. Theseus. And, like, ha come on, that you would not put that past Mads Mikkelsen's Grindelwald to try and manipulate Newt, right? Sure, yeah. Mm. You can definitely see that. Just in the whole character. Like, and there's also, when I, I must admit, when I saw uh, Crimes of Grindelwald and there was that whole Dumbledore scene. Now, mm. we are still just were the viewers out there. I'm guessing they're live viewers now. Or, or, but, like, we are still, like, it might be like this, but it's not 100%. But, like, let's say it is. 
And then, like, because I was really just like, oh, this just has to be Grindelwald manipulating the shit out of, you know, Creedence <laughs> to kind of get Creedence power on his side. Like, like imagine just, like, absolutely doing... I, I would have been, like, disappointed, but not mad, if that makes sense, if it came to the next movie and Grindelwald was just like, gotcha! Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, it would be this character, while it would suck, because it was such a big, like, drop, it was such a big moment when that happened, like, the whole theater just went, oh, you know, right? Know. But... At the same time, it would be like, yeah, you could kind of expect the world to just be like, yeah, I was lying. Like, I don't care. I just, mm. I said it because I needed to, because I need you. But if we didn't say like, they're actually going to, the Grindelwald is not lying and this is going to become, you know, the whole thing. Well, then, yeah, I mean, he is well, manipulating and he will use whatever tools he has to get what he needs. Well, frankly, what, what I think could end up happening is that he will try and lay on that charisma. And then what he'll say is like, well... The, the mask will come off, which I think uh, Mads is very good at. He can stay very tempered and then he can really unleash in, in a very powerful and, and, and even frightening way where the, you know, that fury can come out. And what I, what I can imagine happening is that Grindelwald, he's, it's that, I call it the David Attenborough thing of like the nature documentary is like, he's an alpha, definitely, as I mentioned, in, in that Grindelwald and Dumbledore dynamic, he's the dominant. And I could absolutely see part of Newt's arc with this film is regaining his agency because one thing as we know the first the events of the first film were precipitated by Dumbledore sending him to Arizona uh you know uh, to recover um oh my god what's the beautiful thunderbird's name oh no uh, frank frank right yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was like it was something about f and you got it. it so and so basically what we see is this uh, he's timid he, he's a uh, he wants to just he wants to just not pick a side and just do mm. his thing, you know? And that's the thing. What we that's hope what Dumbledore for. says. Dumbledore yeah. says to me, like, the reason why I'm make, like you know, having you do this is because you don't care like what you do. You just do the best thing. Mm. Like you, you 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 don't like I think I can't remember the do what is right. You do what is right. Yeah. yeah. You do what is right, exactly. Yeah. And 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 with Newt, what I would love for in this moment to have realized that some portion, frankly, maybe there may even be a parallel to this idea of the the negligence uh, of of that duty of care to one's sibling, which may actually end up happening with Dumbledore and Newt being able to commiserate uh, off of that experience of their inaction being the results like the the result of their inaction being the death of the sibling and i think what will happen is there will be a simultaneous kinship that will grow between newt and dumbledore with like well because of me really trying to reject this you know reality of like it is just historically it is simply not time <laughs> to, to to want to have that unfettered safari like newt totally unfettered experience and I think timeline-wise, if I were to really ground with it, say when, when, it's not a if, when we have Rowling on the show, we will we will riff with her about, like, at, at this time in history, as much as we would love to have the unfettered adventures of Newt, uh, simply at any time, look at anyone telling their stories of even the most, you know, distant from the war practices or or, um, or disciplines, you know, there's no way that you wouldn't have been affected in some way. Uh, there would have been conscriptions, um, you know, recruitment drives, like you wouldn't have been able to carry on your 
existence in any profession in those years without World War II touching you in some way, you know, oh, okay. uh, and, and this conflict of the wizarding world is a parallel to that. So, um, but hopefully by the end, we can, we can see them eventually get to have that experience. But yeah, go ahead. No, so I was raised two things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to say was uh, just to go back. Uh, actually, I'm going to say the last thing I wanted to say before I say the first thing because it makes oh. sense. For the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the last thing I wanted to say is um, I, I kind of had this experience yesterday. We had this at the theater. It was done and we had a party. Mm. And I was talking to some people I've been working together with at the theater. And they told about because uh, his father was one of the people who uh, because in Denmark we didn't fight against the Germans we just kind of lay low and was like oh I think we fought them for like six hours and then we lay low they came in took over Denmark but there were the people were fighting so we mm -hmm. had you know like people who who took a stance against Germany and did things and his father was one of these people and they were telling me these stories about this father and seeing that emotion being touched and because you know for me i i when i see bunkers that are all over denmark you know we have bunkers every absolutely everywhere i it's just it's just something i see it's just in nature it's just whatever um but kind of hearing that story and at the same time also for instance hearing stories from my father telling about the second world war you know telling about this war that happened and how much it affected and how long it affected for after we're getting to a point now where that's kind of faded out we will have our own stories. We'll definitely after Corona, we'll have, you know, this like, you know, that time after Corona. But, you know, world war, whether it be in the wizarding world or it be in the real world, has a huge effect on so many people, so many people who know something has happened and um, or knows somebody has happened something too and so much people in pain. And yeah. that has a lasting legacy. It's so that was the, the, the one thing. And the other thing as well, there's the about Newt and Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. One of the things about Newt that I absolutely love is that while Newt is not great at showing it because he is a bit socially awkward, yeah. he absolutely has so much radiating love to give. Like, you know, when he's talking to people, he talks to people a bit, you know, a bit awkwardly, but I relate, I'm autistic as well. But then like this, this, this care, he cares about life. He mm. cares about living. And I can definitely see Dumbledore and Newt kind of like bonding. Not like, you yeah. know, kind of having this thing where Dumbledore can kind of find this comfort in just hanging out with this guy who doesn't care if you're wise or if you're tall, if you're small, if you're anything. Basically, if you have a, if you have a pulse, yeah. you'll be interested. He, <laughs> he's a lover of life. And life he is... Loves in... life and he loves people for them being alive and mm -hmm. and he doesn't he it's not very judgmental you know he just he accepts yeah. you as you are. yeah he's a naturalist so those, those two things. <laughs> yeah he's a naturalist and I, what i hope is at some point maybe just to hear this is just my mind's eye not even mind's eye cinema because it's not even within the plot i would just love to hear david attenborough just talk about his magical counterpart you know just say I like know. oh well newt in many ways is this uh david attenborough of the wizarding world and uh and and Frankly, um, this idea that, uh, you know, he said, uh, um, David Attenborough, Sir David Attenborough, I, I once said this of him and it, it rings true. He said he made life his life. He dedicated mm -hmm. his life to life itself, which is the natural world, which is all forms of life. And I think uh, news resonates with that, I think. And that's why I, uh, I recognize that for someone to say that, oh, you have salamander eyes or whatever, like I found that very endearing because 
it means that in his own awkward way, he was saying like, I've obviously spent more times with animals <laughs> than with humans. And for me, I'm bringing you into that kind of like very newtastic space where I love that. I, and I think that's important to recognize is like, he's an extremely socially awkward person, but for me, I wouldn't even call him that. Like that's maybe a label that people can ascribe to him. I just think he's just very authentic to himself. He's a, he's in, uh, it can be sometimes endearingly hapless, but, but the main thing is that he knows what is right and what is wrong. And that is extremely, I would say in that, um, way where again again regardless of the exterior the, the the feminine seeks that certainty of the masculine and that's why like tina as much as you know newt is is the it's atypical he's not like the stupid the super like stereotypical you know uh macho man kind of thing like but he he resonates a, a kind of like nature recognizing nature honoring masculinity where it's like he 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 he's very good in a crisis first of all as well which is something that you can really um yeah form a life off of and form a, a, a sort of a kindred kind of life path with and that's why i think tina um and by the way my my sister's name is tina valentina so propentina it's kind oh, of cool. uh, my uh, my father's sister is also called tina so. tina <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> oh beautiful so shout out to uh, your father so well your aunt really i guess you know right yeah yeah, yeah. tina so. Tina, oh, that's so charming, amazing, beautiful. So good vibes to all that. And I think that he speaks uh, another thing from this book I was reading. It's like the you know, way of the superior man or whatever. But David Data, he said there's like different energies speak in different ways. And the feminine, for example, speaks in indirect ways. It's like you need to also be intuitive to respond to certain messaging uh that people might not use the actual. Like Jacob, for example, he, him and Queenie, it's so funny because you know jacob's very literal and he and queenie communicates in a very very like um you know uh, i find this like it's very authentic to that feminine which is she she communicates indirectly like he and and uh, you know jacob is very like sometimes a bit baffled it's like what like what's going on like everything's fine you know and then it's like she's putting out signs for him to read and that is the that's the masculine journey is to is to, to really intuit and become more intuitive and pick up the signs of the feminine you know and i see uh dan's character uh, having this uh, experience where he's going to basically just become more dimensionalized where he has like a couple of years have passed. And I wonder he's going to be doing a lot of like searching of himself of like developing his ability to like uh, have a bit more, I think, self-esteem in himself. Right. Um, yeah. And where he's gonna... he got a little bit of a Neville arc and he ends yep. up kind of become like, you kind of, you know, maybe in the, um, because, you know, he's not magical. So like no. in the, yeah. the Phoenix, I'm betting he's gonna be in it, and then he gets like a leading role in that, where he's still like, well, you can't do the magic, but you can administrate this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that would definitely be badass. So like you're using your skills, even though you're not magical, you're still useful to the group. Um, okay. I'd love to see that. Me too, absolutely. There he is, right there. Boom. Really, really handy. You should actually, I don't know if your uh, work have this, but there's an, an uh, it's like an add-on to Zoom. It's called mm-hmm, M-M-H-M-M. And you can uh, yeah, drag in pictures and stuff. It just makes it kind of a bit more dynamic. It's very, very handy. And we're just going to go, uh, Dan. I'm going to have uh, Zoom on my, actually, my, my uh, the computer I used for school uh, broke. So I'm actually down to only having my phone as well. So. Oh, yeah. <sighs> You're all good. No, I, I, yeah, that's cool. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, as like, well, whatever, whatever ends up working for sure. And I'll tell you, this is, uh, you're using the phone whenever it 
like that you're able to do the thing with the desktop, I highly recommend it. This is going to be more what we're going to be seeing from uh, 2021, Jacob, like a very different vibe. Like he's lost a lot of weight. He's, he's doing very well yeah. for himself and yeah, for show. So already putting a bit of mind's eye cinema for things. And again, Dan himself, I'm sure has gone through an arc of like recognizing of like health wise and stuff. Like we all have our different parts. So it's all good there now. Um, and who knows, I just going to say this, uh, if maybe one of the tests that uh, he will have to face, see how he's doing a bit of a magical pose there. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Grindelwald will try and manipulate him and saying, hey, I can do all kinds of things. I can bring people back from the dead and I can make muggles magical. I wonder if Jacob might be tempted to like join Grindelwald based on these kind of seductive promises of like being able to be magical. That, that might be something in the story. Who knows? Who knows? I think actually... If I then was to say, mm -hmm. that should be something Queenie should get excited for, for Jacob's sake. Yeah. And then, but Jacob being like, no, why? I'm, you know, I'm good as I am. Why can't I just accept as I am sort of thing? Oh, um, you just made that even better. There. Oh my God. That's absolutely right. She will probably be looking for all of these rationales for the path that she's taken. She's like, oh, honey, like uh, Grindelwald is saying that you can totally become magical. You can totally come over, you know, like that. Exactly. Uh, she's already my... on that path. You know, yeah. she's already on. She always said, like, well, Grindelwald can make us, you know, get married. Now he can make you magical. And, you know, so she, yeah. it would just, I would feel, it would feel, we're talking about kind of like good art, mm. having. Jacob also start because I like that Jacob is quite firm on like like no Grindelwald bad you know yeah. having him also start tumbling towards that would always be like well then we're gonna start a flood you know people just like oh, yeah. Grindelwald, Grindelwald yeah and I think that there would be something just admirable really of him being completely at any always unravering like never tempted and I think that that yeah. would be uh, have that solidarity and, and that that yeah. sense of incorruptibility it's like well maybe. He might not be this magical being, but he has one of the most magical things, which is like pure, unwavering loyalty like that, you know, and that's that's mm. his magic as a person for sure, that he has this very uncommon quality of just being so, yeah, yeah, like a good, like a good spirit, you know, for sure. Um, good vibes. Onwards, fourth. Right. So Dumbledore does not create a baby. He just wants his sister back. Assuming the Obscurus uh, uh, can act like a Horcrux, maybe, to Ariana, that it could have held slash hel uh, been a new body for her soul. Uh, but uh, Aurelius is what emerged from that experience, from, from that experiment, number one. Number two, the earlier line actually is um, uh, Grindelwald knows that Obscuri have um, regenerative properties, you know, uh, hence Credence's survival, Aurelius's survival. And again, there may be again. I just I'm I'm applying this thing of manipulation from Grindelwald, like to try and maybe see if he can be like, oh, Newt, I can I can bring Theseus back, you know, all that kind of stuff there. But uh, let's I'll I'll throw this to you actually, Thea, of this idea of the Horcrux, you know, like uh, Credence, which is so interesting that uh, Credence and Nagini would have that connection of both being mm -hmm. vessels for souls you know eventually nagini yeah. would go on to become a vessel for part of voldemort's soul and aurelius being this vessel for ariana's soul uh did you have any riffs on that one mm, i definitely like the whole idea with the horcruxes i remember when it dropped you know in, in the books it's like oh there's this thing called horcruxes mm -hmm. and there's like you know, what was this seven of them but really there are more and 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 i am um, 
I remember finding it quite an interesting idea because it's like when you're mad with power, of course you don't want to die before you've succeeded everything you want to succeed. Mm-hmm. So there is this like need to become, you know, conquer death, as we talked about earlier. You know that you know I need to to live to keep this flame going because if you you know if a if a charismatic leader you know dies. Well, of course, there might still be some fanatics that follow you, but most of the like mainstream attention will die out because you just become a bit of the past. So the obsession with survival and having the Horcruxes, and now you know, saying you know that the um, that Obscurus can be have you know regenerative powers. You can live. You can stay alive. Mm. That the um, which, by the way, it makes me just wonder. One sec. Yeah, so Dumbledore has the obscures. We really don't know, but does he have the obscures in him? Which may he actually might be. That's why he can live as old as he does. Ooh, oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> Maybe yes. Okay, here you go. Ready? Uh, after the duel, this is all speculation, obviously, listeners, viewers. Yeah. Who, if you have joined. T- Taya and I for we've been speaking for well over three hours now. The love is real. Oh, yeah, yeah, fun times. Actually, my dad asked if I would make dinner today, and I said yes. And he does why he came before. He's like, you know, am I making dinner? I was like, yeah, you have to because I'm. Yeah, yeah, that's so kind. I really appreciate that. So if you have stuck <laughs> around, you just had a, a really special treat given to you because Taya absolutely that that fits so well with um the timeline with okay. So after this duel, where does Credence go after he helps defeat Grindelwald? Ariana finds this home, maybe Credence's body or Aurelius's body in that duel defeated in some way. And then she is living like she actually he integrates that, you know, this is talking about that, you know, psychology, uh, emotional healing. And like she he actually integrates Ariana into himself and then he keeps her memory alive and then she's actually there in him. And then maybe there is an element of, you know, the extending of one's life and the adding to uh, his power. And I think there's a beautiful metaphor there about, uh, you know, the the idea of, um, you know, like keeping someone's memory alive and then and that adding and like to adding their lessons and their wisdom and everything to yourself so that you can go on to have a more um, dimensionalized and like fulfilling life, just having integrated that. So that would be really beautiful. Very beautiful theory right there, Taya. Very beautiful. Well, it just came to me. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. That's what this is about. Well, I suppose Nicholas Flamel has like the, um, the Philosopher's Stone, but still we know of powerful wizards living for quite a long time. But there's no doubt that Dumbledore just has like this extra punch in him. Mm. Like he's just, he is just powerful. Yeah. And if he's, you know, if he's combined with, you know, let's say, you know, his sister, Credence, the Obscuros, and has that in him, that could explain mm. some of that power. There you go, um, and 1,000%. And then nomenclature-wise, the obscurus has a obscure, you know, there's a, etymologically, we're talking about there's a darkness, like to obscure, you know? And and one thing with, with Dumbledore is he does obscure many things from those he loves, like, you know, his family. He he kept uh, Aberforth's existence and a lot of his past, yeah. so he kept that obscured from from the ones you know like harry and, and everyone so there is a you know he's this beautiful light being but he has a darkness to him and so then that would actually fit with uh, the character for him to have integrated this uh you know having come to this point of healing which again by the end even though he's he's had all of this exposed about his life and everything i i say that in the scale of things like dumbledore comes out as a very 
light filled human being. And then I love that scene in Deathly Hallows where we see him in that very, just, it's heaven basically. Like he, he integrated his darkness. He did do some things where like, you know, his brother was like, yeah, you've created a monster and uh, uh, you know, with, 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 with Voldemort to some degree or whatever. We'll talk about that soon with, with Grindelwald, but um, uh, or Credence or whatever. Um, and, and, so he he's faced all of those darknesses and yet he integrated it all. And then he came out as this uh, being who lives from a place of light. So I love that. I can dig it. Through life experience, uh, life experiencing. Yeah. Experience, experience. You said it, <laughs> it lady. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, Aurelius emerged from the experiment of, of Dumbledore trying to bring his sister back with Flamel. That's why he uh, probably connected with Flamel. It's like, I, hey, I heard you were an alchemist. I heard that I've been on his quest to find you. And so then can you help me bring my sister back? And then they created Aurelius. And so here we go. Some more um, insights here. Uh, Dumbledore and Flamel do this, uh, mind you, trying to bring back Ariana and uh, Aurelius being born as a result. Grindelwald is not involved in that process. Uh, he is in a flashback scene at the end. Uh, uh, Rio features only as a port because they leave from Rio to go into the rainforest to, to find this mm. tribe that know about the Obscurus, which is very exciting for me. I get like... <laughs> I actually love yes. go to the... Yeah, to like the Amazons. And, like, the, the Amazon, oh, baby. It's going to be fun. Castelo Brufu. Okay. Uh, the only thing, okay, here we go. I'll just find the next part. Um, but it's important, like, as things occur, I'll just sort of discuss them as they occur to me. So this idea of, um, you know, it's not being clearly stated in the film, uh, the, the Horcrux stuff, uh, Grindelwald not being involved, uh, trying to bring back Ariana. Um, ultimately, with uh, with that aspect of the story, it's like, okay, so Dumbledore and Flamel, they do this, uh, they... Uh, um, I think Flamel also, again, he was very, he was not, you know, he was not glossed over, but like he, he was, he, his character's being set up to like, I want there to be a very meaningful and, and powerful moment for them to to kind of discuss like, oh, what they've done and what they've created together. That'll be really special. So, but we'll loop back to things. There's a lot in this. It's very, you'll, you'll enjoy this. So I'll, I'll get through a, a huge chunk so then we make our way through and then uh, I'll throw it to you. Okay, here we go. Da, 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 mentioned in the, uh, okay. Yes, the only thing you've mentioned in the ministry scene, which is the leaders of various ministries get together and Grindelwald infiltrates, giving a speech about how they should dismantle the secrecy of wizards. The effects weren't finished. Da 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 da. The previous inspiration, the skepticism, dignity. Okay. Dumbledore does not want Aurelius to know who he is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Until the timing is right. Are you ready for this? Okay. What is that? Come on, it's Harry. Like, that's where he had that experience of like, this child cannot know who he is. That is why there's a question later. And it, now I'm so glad it occurred to me. I was, like, I was trying to reach for it, but now it's come to me. What Harry goes through of, of having been this, like Harry and Credence have so much in common, as I mentioned earlier, and Dumbledore took it upon himself. And in fact, Aberforth is very against how his brother makes these decisions for other people's lives. It's like, who are you to decide when Harry should find out who he is? Who are you to decide whether Credence should realize that he is this magical being created from the attempts of someone to bring their sister back. Like, and he takes on this role of the, the, the bequeather of secrets, secrets at certain points. And that's one thing is like, people have uh, probably accused Joe of being like, Oh, well, that's some nar- that's some narrative convenience for you to only introduce certain story elements. Uh, but mm. no, like she found an in world in character explainable way for someone, which, 
guess what? This man, Dumbledore, lived very closely with Grindelwald, and Grindelwald is a very manipulative man. So I think a bit of no, that, that it's like benign manipulation. manipulation kind of rubbed off on him a bit, and like the keeping of secrets. But again, he does it for a benign ends, unlike Grindelwald, who does it for deceptive ends. But there's still absolute manipulation going on, and that's why Harry has so many problems with the way that Dumbledore does what he does. But yeah, go ahead. I must say that, you know, Dumbledore is very analytic, I bet. Like, I I know that for me personally. Like, you know, he basically, every time he looks towards the future, he thinks about, you know, most people don't think about what they're doing, but he basically, he tries to be one step ahead. And if he's always trying to be one step ahead, he's always trying to be, you know, three steps ahead. And he thinks those things through and may is the right thing to do. You can never truly say, but I definitely bet that, you know, when he says like, oh, I don't want them to know who I am. Because he can see that if, you know, they do, then they will have a reaction that will lead to something negative. Like, he's kind of done that equation. You know, a little bit of Doctor Strange, like, in the in Endgame, where he's, like, you know, go through all the futures, possible futures, and then say, like, one uh, possible way we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that. I would definitely think that Def, uh, Dumbledore has more open, uh, you know, more like, this can this can happen and this will work, this can happen, this can work. But he's, he's thinking, he's analytic, he's constantly trying to analyze and, and trying to it's, it's kind of like a computer you know mm-hmm. computering through yeah. the information he has and being those steps ahead because he wants to lead well you know after his experience with Grindelwald and so on he wants to, to lead humanity to this peaceful place and he does that you know in a way that some people might get very hurt because they're like well why why wouldn't you tell me that I was like well if you knew like for instance let's put it this way if your mom tells you that there is 50 kroner in like 50 that's our currency so it's 50 dollars mm-hmm. in a box and then just leaves it at that you as a child gonna go steal it and use it what you mm-hmm. didn't know was that you needed that money for something very important later she just didn't tell you that so you know but if she doesn't tell you you are none the wiser and when you then finally use that money we're like oh we had money fantastic so i know that's what i'm <laughs> that's right it is basically that spectrum of what is innocent and what is intentional and and uh and yeah that's that's the you know he's on that line though it's like he, he's obviously in that that more benign side of the manipulation spectrum uh and the uh, um, information obscuring spectrum you know he does this for yeah. what he perceives to be benign reasons uh, but Aberforth like here's a, here's a line he said Aberforth knows the secret of Aurelius uh, and argues with um, Dumbledore about it Albus uh, believing that Dumbledore has created a monster and I think there's a schism there between siblings you know of uh, how Aberforth has a lot of problems with how Dumbledore processes grief. But then again, you know, Harry actually calls Aberforth out on how it's like, well, your approach isn't that good either because you just ran away, you know, like, uh, and that's why Aberforth gets to have his his completion of his character arc, which again, what is that going to be? Just like, again, I love to see looping Mads into this because he had this, I frankly think Rogue One is inseparable. This is a huge compliment to Rogue One. It is inseparable from the first Star Wars movie because if you watch Rogue One, then the next Star Wars, I mean, when he takes down that Death Star, it's because you're thinking about Jyn Erso, you're thinking about Galen and the sacrifices he made for that to happen. And so then when I am watching, after we are, again, we're going to have a house party uh, over you, here in Australia, you can come by or I'll come over there. Ray and I will bring a lot of food. We'll have a giant 2030 or something like giant 
marathon and and as we're going through we will see these early films right in the timeline chronologically um which is it richard coyle i think who's playing uh april 4th i believe so oh, i don't april know fourth coyle uh it's this is a yeah the richard coyle there we go yeah yeah, yeah exactly um so to see him have this thing of we get to see the early origins of uh you know him kind of separating from his brother in this uh you know like in how to cope with what happened to ariana because one thing i would love to see is is we know about how um uh you know ariana's death affected albus but i would love to see you know richard coyle like really um like explore how it affected aberforth you know and how he will then have this uh you know we'll see this basis for why he ended up becoming this like goat elemental man who like hides away and is like this really like what's with that goat i never got it like oh yeah basically well basically well you know it's just like i think he just um uh, if you look into the symbolism of, of goats, I'll just go really quickly. So goat. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I, in my mind, I, I can only think one thing, and I really hope that's not what I'm No, it's not. <laughs> people people have run off with that, and it's it's so silly. It's really silly. So I'll just I go. I know. And so basically, um, I'll just show you a couple of yeah, symbolism things. So let's go. I'll bring that there. Okay. So I'll leave that up there while I do this search there. Boom. That's him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so goats are symbolic of independence and faith. Apart from being the best sacrificial animal, goats are symbols of health, symbols of uh, lost vitality in many cultures around the world. Several myths look at male goats as symbols of virility, female goats as symbols of reproduction and abundance. So the key thing here is a sacrificial animal, okay? Yeah. And so what he symbolically, and this just all sort of fell into place for me now here, is that he feels as though he was sacrificed from his by his brother like completely cast aside in that he made his entire path about redeeming himself for ariana's death and who knows you know he's a i think i believe aberforth is the younger brother like he probably would have like okay well so yeah ariana died and that's so sad but at the same time we have to grow don't we we have to move on don't we and albus became very obsessive and then ob right the ob obscurus obsessive you know this this descending into darkness with this and aberforth uh he had to have this resilience that he had to develop but i think this kinship with goats i think he's like well i relate to you because you are sat you are a sacrificial animal and i i think um that is the symbolism i think i just this is all just sort of live happening here that immediately clicks to me yeah that that uh that's why he yeah. With siblings having a few myself, I have two younger brothers, mm. and um, there's nothing more annoying than one your brother doing something you disagree with, mm. and yet mom and dad are not on your side. That's one thing. The other thing that's really annoying is when your brother is smarter than you, and you are, you know, because you, you're like, well, we are trying to be equal. We are just, like all equal, yeah. and when they you know, like smarter and something you you, you there's like a civil right civil sibling rivalry like yeah. rivalry rivalry yeah <laughs> totally totally yeah i agree you have this like you live in the same household you have these also also, also want to say you have these habits like you know we often speak about my family how because we live up uh, uh, against each other so much and we you know spend so much time together we also know how to rub each other the wrong way and we have these habits like when you know you argue you argue the exact same way as you did last time because you know that way hurts that person because you know them so well. So you have like these like 
habits of argument and these habits of frustration. So you have these habits and you, you know that person and you're like, well, even though you know them quite well and you know that wouldn't be, you know, that's their character, you still get annoyed by it because it's like, well, you know, if you, got, if you just were like me, you know, because I'm, 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 you're always being like, oh, I'm not perfect, you know, I'm better than them. And it shouldn't be that way. But it just is that like conflict you often find in a household. I can definitely see, you know, Aberforth being here with his super smart brother, who's just like almost, he's like almost taking over the world with like an evil genius. And then there's just a guy like, I'll be pissed too. Absolutely. I'll be like, you're going the wrong way. You, you can see all, basically, let me put it this way. You can see all their faults. Yeah. You see them much clearer because you what you've been with them so long. You see all the ways they're stepping, you know, the wrong way. And maybe they see that with you too. You don't see it yourself because you never do. But you just see them and you see them so clearly and you judge them for it. And a lot of families, and my heart goes out to you guys, like a lot of families never, you know, have huge problems with siblings that just you know, fall out because they get so angry with each other for maybe even small things. I wouldn't say Aberforth being a small thing, but still. Um, but the matter is just making it work still and mm -hmm. working on the relationship. And there you can kind of see, you know, in the Harry Potter films that Aberforth and Dumbledore, they don't agree, but they still have a respect. Mm -hmm. Like they, they still, um, so, you know, they, they got it to work as well as they could, but I understand mm -hmm. Aberforth angry well i'm 1000% me too and you know i'm i'm a middle sibling and and i would often if i really like cast my mind back to like feeling as though it's like oh well is my elder sister valentina like she would make certain decisions and i would feel the i would feel cast aside obviously i would feel yeah. deprior deprioritized as like the the you know the not the eldest uh, and that's something that is the uh, is the arc of every like younger sibling to realize and you know what i yeah when you and i again as i mentioned or whoever like tuning in like you know that we're going to have this thing where everything we will have witnessed from richard coyle's aberforth in these uh, next three films which i'm sure that he'll be joining them for uh will be resolved uh, in that w wonderful way with uh, the deathly hallows and seeing him step out step up out of the shadows and not be that sacrificial goat anymore and like to really like uh, like take part in and like defending Hogwarts so, like that's it, and it, it will make that victory it will make that arc that he that choice even more charged and powerful it will be I think that will be just like, you, you just showed a picture of him right yeah I'll bring I it have no, he's quite young isn't he I have no idea mm -hmm. well, how Richard Coyle yeah so what I'll do is I'll just uh I'll bring up another one uh just with here yeah, one, that's one thing is that obviously if you look at... Um, so you can easily play his younger half without... Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. that's right. That's I know. Right. Is it, oh, sorry. Right. Okay, I'm being stupid now. It's not the same actor playing Aberforth and... You, uh, no, of course not. No, no, that's... You know, you're totally fine. And Kieran Hines, frankly, like like he can be a bit ethereal sometimes. And like, I would not blame yeah. you at all if they if you thought there was a bit of de-aging stuff happening. Like, who knows? But uh, but no, actually, like, oh, you... You know what you just did? You made the casting director who is just like squee with joy because it's like, oh, well, I actually fooled... I fooled Thea a little bit just for briefly because it means... I've never paid attention to... I'm sorry, to the actor no. who plays Avatar in the original movies. And just the way you said it made me think it was the same actor. But now I'm just like... Oh. Of course it is, but I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is, uh, I'll just show you. So Kieran Hines, who plays uh, Aberforth um, in idea. films uh, as a... Uh, mm -hmm. 
there he is. Yeah, I'll just try and find a. I'll find one that kind of evokes that same energy. Um, see if I can find one. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah. There we go. There, we, I'll just bring that one there. Right, and that's that's the the younger. Oh, yeah. Exactly, I, Kieran yeah. Hines. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, and so then there's a certain thing with the, uh, and you can actually with Ewan McGregor who's going to be doing that Obi Wan stuff. Uh, you know, with the um. Uh, the Obi-Wan independent series, if you actually draw the, like you put Alec Guinness and, and him together, like there's a certain kind of skull, kind of skull, yeah, that you just match that perfectly and then it, it, it will fit. So, but I'm really glad that you had that moment of like, actually that, that casting really works out. So vibes there. I can really, really dig that with, with, with that before. And, and again, it's just like, as we talked about with Nagini, it's what a great opportunity to fully dive into these characters that we, they only showed up at the very end um, of this uh, of the of the Potter series and like I could see that as being okay well if Fantastic Beasts uh, didn't end up being this thing of going into this completely new direction and like I talk, I did some Kojima stuff and basically I had long expected Death Stranding to be this thing where they okay completely new direction right but no actually Death Stranding ended up being this thing where he actually was processing some stuff about his other experience and then that ended being ended up being what that was and then I think the next thing is going to be this full blown brand new different thing so uh Joe Rowling, uh with these next cu- couple films you know what now that uh, me and tia the rest of the wizarding world community we understand like what you're doing okay let's let's explore these characters which uh we maybe initially have had thought that okay we've seen everything we've you know that there was to be you know discussed and like revealed into the new world the world uh, we're in that's right and it'll i think yeah so i'll say that again actually Bring it to uh, the, the new world, the world we are in. Absolutely. Um, because yeah. the world is changing, the world is developing, and the world is not as, you know, she wrote, what was it, like, in 90, what was she wrote the book, 91? Not, yeah, a very different world, you said it, Thea, absolutely. It, it's such a different world she wrote those books in, mm. and the incredible thing is, like, you know, Harry Potter still being as popular as it is, you know, you can go to... I am a scout leader, right? I, I used to be, I had to stop recently, but um, I had a bunch of kids who were like, you know, 11, 10 to 11 years old. And these kids who, you know, I mean, they I'm going to put this point, they weren't even there when uh, the Twin Towers happened. You know, oh, they have wow. no idea what that is. But yet, mm. you know, they know their Hogwarts house. And you're like, go, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Um, um, so they're... Yeah, it, it's it's in the the still very active and still in the in like you know the common memory with Harry Potter, and so it's so important as well to see this universe. You know, basically say like we have a responsibility because we are as popular as we still are. We yeah. we have a freaking impact now. You know, you know, guys, we have you know we're still on the move, still causing attention, and then you need to be self-aware you need to be aware of what the times are required to survive mm. i mean mm-hmm. the worst way I mean, we almost had it we almost had you know break recently we know come up with joe because of how the internet took some of her reactions mm. and and it's, it's such a fragile lines of walk i wish you know when i one day maybe have children and so on i can bring them to show them this harry potter world that not only will still exist you know in maybe 10 15 20 years time but at the same time, it would be something I can proudly say, like, this was my childhood. This is going to be your childhood. Mm. And that's where the, the movies and the theater and the theme park and everything has a huge responsibility in our modern world. 
Absolutely. 1000%. And, and that's, yeah, that is, uh, for me, when you are talking about diving into the, into the real, like under the surface of something to really like, not just have that surface experience and like really dimensionalize characters and bring again, other dialogues again with Ezra, which I am so manifesting this with this beautiful rebirth where we can just integrate and have that good energy of like everyone inclusive. And like, I would love for that to lead that dialogue and, and talking about siblings, talking about parents, like having that come back to what we know the wizarding world to be, which is this, as you said, that's something you'd be proud to show your children, you know? And so that I believe, you know, instead of it just being this like magizoologist's chronicle into like this completely unexplored dimension is like, okay, coming back, looking at those darknesses. And I love also with authors who parallel what their characters are doing is if we are diving, and we did that a bit with the later, the strange, like, diving into the origins of that if she's doing a bit of that work herself as a human being into and and steve cloves you know riffing with her about that it's like let's channel some of what you're going through about diving into your own darkness uh, as a person and then bringing that out and having that add to the story where we can then open up and talk and that no ivory tower syndrome no like richer than thou i don't have to change my views like I, I would love for these films to to have that legacy, like you just so beautifully expressed, of a legacy of open mindedness, of 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 uh, broad forum, eclectic, all omnidirectional discourse, uh, open mindedness. Like that's that's perfectly perfectly expressed. That's that's you for sure. I I completely dig that totally. Okay, we're almost coming to the end. Uh, this okay. is gonna be cool. Uh, with this one here, then we'll just do a quick thing with the the, the film, the, the uh, site, and just checking with the some of the things that corroborate mm -hmm. this information. Um, and I, I think I'll do some rapid fire stuff so that you can, I'm just going to get like uh, okay. Taylor's hot, hot takes. I think you'll like this. Okay, so da, 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 da. let's find it. Okay, just experiment. Uh, okay, yeah, so the Rio features the port because I lost my place a little bit. Apologies. Okay. Okay, so appreciate your reply. Da -da 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 -da. Does it who's used until the timing is right? Uh, describe. Okay, here we go. So this is the next one. Yeah, so Aberforth knows the secret. We went on a really nice Aberforth tangent there. I like that. And then into just the broader <laughs> thing of the worthwhileness of the wizarding world itself. Wonderful. Uh, other than that, Dumbledore's role in this film is. Uh, is not quite second. This is the the, the viewer speaking. Uh, not secondary, but basically, there's a further broadening. Not too many new characters added, but like more dimensions to those characters. You know. Um, so one question came up, uh, oh, oh, and another thing is Dumbledore is going to be working at like recruiting members of the order. So that's one thing that's mentioned. Um, uh, okay. So one question was like, how would you describe Mads acting as Grindelwald? Was he good? This is a question from the community and it says uh, the uh, viewer says very good very good mads wears a black high neck uh outfit similar to snape's when he doesn't wear his cloak uh, and has slick black hair and then the um, heterochromia yeah. eye is also maintained yeah definitely for like the picture i i, I brought up before uh what about credence uh, you said that he uh he meets with dumbledore at the end uh, uh, is he still on the side of Grindelwald? Uh, does he fight with a wand or his obscurial powers? So the answer, both. Uh, Aurelius challenge, channels his power through the wand and performs powerful destruction magic, which is really, really, I'm, I'm vibing that. He is with Grindelwald until he finds out that he's being used. Uh, so Grindelwald can steal his power. This is when he turns against Grindelwald and joins Dumbledore's order, which is 
what a hype moment that that will be. Again, doing an interesting of like, you know, Credence has had these things at the very end of each of these Fantastic Beasts films where it's like that little wisp of Credence remains at the end, you know, of the first film. Yeah. And Credence at the very end of the second film is like with that reveal of Aurelius. And the end of this third film, again, it'll just be, okay, so then he's come back and like now Aurelius is now with the Order, which I love. Again, Order of the Phoenix. And he's there with the little baby. It's perfectly set up for that to occur, for sure. Um, uh, Okie dokie doke. A couple of more vibes for you because I, I, I go through it all and I can find it. Okay. A couple of rapid fire questions. Yuleli Hicks isn't there. She is called on by Flamel to help fight against Grindelwald uh, and has a duel with Vinda. As far as the ministry scenes in Berlin, uh, they are mostly uh, set, uh, yeah, Berlin. Ministry of Magic, um, infiltrated by Grindelwald supporters. Uh, the fi- this is where the final battle takes place and where Theseus uh, is killed. So there you go. Um, so we've talked a bit about that. I'll go through How about I'll go through them all and then we'll talk about whatever occurs to you. Okay. How about that? Let's do it. Okay. I mean, first of all, I mean, now see, I, I knew I, I knew I couldn't do this because I, I, I can't get past the idea of an amazing final battle in the German ministry of magic. Like, ah, oh, that's so cool. Right. I am really doing The thing is, like, right now, I must admit, I'm really hyped for this movie just to see all these things happen. And then when you go into the theater and sit down and see it, it's something completely else. It's like, oh, but no, I'm sure it'll be good. (laughs) I'm sure it will be. Again, I just, I really think that this person, I don't think they'll change the edit of this thing too much. They might do some reshoots, but I think... This yeah. is right, right on the money. I'm really digging it. And then the very fact that like this, this OP, like very specific, congruent, like they feel authentic to the characters. And then they deleted their account. They said, I like, just wanted to pass this information on, which is all consistent with uh, previously, like in other leaked situations, yeah. like the person went to the screening. They don't want to get tracked. They just do the, the throwaway account, the Reddit account, they say, and then they leave, which and now we're left with this. And uh, as I go through, you'll, you'll see. And then, you know, we'll all make up our minds in the end anyway. So. Okay, so one question is, who is the woman Aurelius was with on the ship in Crumbs of Grindelwald? Why did they send the baby away? Uh, Why did they make him in the first place? So uh, the viewer says, she is a woman that Dumbledore entrusted to send uh, Aurelius away. Like Harry, the story parallels not knowing who he's destined to be until he is ready. Also paints Dumbledore as morally gray again, you know? So there you go. A little precedent for what happens in the the Potter you know, and I love that idea of like exploring the origins of the, the primary source of motivations and stuff. So uh, I should add, and this is them again, I should add that another major section where they go to Brazil to meet with the tribe and have experience with Obscurus or Obscura as it were. Um, and then basically I- I'm skipping th- past a lot of people are like, oh, you know, and they have all kinds of comments, but I just want to send you, like tell you the direct source. So here we go. So question, do the Goldstein sisters, Tina and Queenie, reunite and have a conversation in the film? And the viewer says, they do. Uh, It was a great moment. Uh, Tina tears up and Queenie wipes her tear away. So that's... Oh, that sounds so cute. I know. I think that that would be... Because... Yeah, I mean, Queenie is usually the one to cry. So having Tina, the tough one, be the one crying. And Queenie, I can just imagine her, you know, like her... Her like her cheerfulness, like her smile as she's like you know comforting her sister. Yeah, that that would be an amazing moment for sure. There you go, absolutely. And you said it right there, like and just it would just be yeah, a very heart, like heart touching moment for sure. 
this this is actually a very nice uh, like and uh, I've actually paused. I'm actually going to call them out. They're really lovely. So fair dash ad dash six two. Three three. The reason why I'm I'm naming this person because they they were just one of the people asking the comments, you know, like they're asking questions to the viewer. Uh, I want to at some point reach out to you and get you on because you were part of this Q and A with this uh, enigmatic figure who has who has seen the uh, the test screening, and so I'd like to get you and on the show with the, with Taya and I and and um, Elise as well, so we can ask you more about uh, your thoughts based on having interacted with this you know, this mystery benefactor, like 12 months out, now we have like a lot of stuff to speculate and riff about. So, uh, and as you said, Taya, beautifully, it's like things can change and then it just makes it worthwhile to just have this basis for, for discussion. So, uh, and by the way, even if we didn't have all of this, I'm certain that we would have just been talking for hours anyway. Like seriously. Oh yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I so mean, much I common ground. So I cannot wait for you to meet Ray. Ray would love you. She's going to like absolutely fall in love with you as I have faux show. Good vibes. Okay. Digging it. Digging it. Um, okay. Yeah. So thank you for replying. There is another question I'd like to ask you. Does Makusa, the American wizarding government or the American wizarding community appear in the film? I have seen New Yorker Extra and Makusa mem member Extra listed uh, on the Fantastic uh, Beasts 3 IMDb. Uh, thank you. And so then the viewer, obviously, the more polite that people like like this person, you know, uh, fair ad six two three three, like it, the the viewer responded to the polite comments because you know, like who wants to engage with the yeah. rude comments, I guess. And they said, so there is a dinner party scene in the Berlin Ministry featuring the ICW ministers and representatives from many countries are present. Uh, there was actually an Asian minister there too who sides with Grindelwald. Uh, I legit think they might be called something like Chow or Dao. And then in the cast list later, we're going to look at it, Taya. There is a character mm -hmm. called Tao, and that is exactly who this person is referring to. And we have the actress That's name and everything. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Uh, you know, he said, but I can't really remember, but this um, Tao character featured prominently in that scene. Okay. Um, there we go. Da -da -da -da. Find some more comments. Okay, sorry for the details. Uh, how is Tina? How is Tina in this film? Uh, what does she do as a big Tina fan? It sounds to me like she's been potentially maybe sidelined. And then the OP says, "No, Tina is great in this one. Uh, her story is more about falling for Newt, but her role is expanded, and we see more of her detective work at play." Um, you're gonna love this. She has a secret lair type room where she keeps all of her casework. Right, which I would love if she kind of inspired by new suitcase, maybe. You are my like you are my sister. You are my sibling. I was literally <laughs> about to say that. Imagine like, if she, she has a suitcase, but I have a purse. You just like jump in and she has she all her. She has. You are absolutely right. She has this thing where she's now this detect. She's this aura, you know, this aura out in the field, and she just like Newt has this case where he keeps his animals. She has this aura detective case where she dives in and she can actually like spread okay, all of her. Imagine. Yeah, you know, but Newt and uh, Tina, because they're absolutely workaholics, no doubt about it, right? Yeah, so are. when they're like on the honeymoon or something, and they're in the hotel, all you see in the beds is her suitcase and her purse, right, <laughs> and, and, bed, and they're just down in their huts working. <laughs> One thousand percent, like yeah. And so then the housekeepers come in and it's like, what? Like where are they? <laughs> and where they just are see they? They just see a, a, a suitcase and a, and a purse, you know. Uh, I had actually a bit of a speculative thing. Um, uh, just about Newt's cases is that uh, that he may end up being able to like um, you know 
use like there's like suitcases are all around the world that he like he he puts in various places so that he uses them almost mm-hmm. as like port keys that he can like climb oh. through them and like you know visit different parts of the world maybe oh, you know the newt the newt network the newt work you know <laughs> <laughs> i am digging it okay we've come my dear friend who literally over the course of this episode became family you are now family to us you're amazing Thank you, We've come to the almost to the end. I think the final thing we have here is um, da, 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 da. okay. So as if someone asked, oh, do we have any new Tina? You know, and obviously like there's how they address that. There's you know Tina does kind of get her 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 scene there. I believe yes, that final um, expression about Tina is the like then this person actually jumped off and then they they didn't post anymore. So the final comment that this uh, you know this benefactor this viewer had for us was uh, this comment about Tina. So that brings us to the end of this wonderful Q and a session at this uh, early screening um, character. This, uh, this figure uh, gave us this gift, which is wonderful. Now, are you ready? This is just going to be a marathon of like, I'm just going to see your eyes get wider and wider. Okay. So <laughs> from fantastic we have, yes. Movie three, what we know. This page will be continuously updated as more information is confirmed. Filming began 20, September 2020, wrapped March 2021. Release date, July. Say again? No, it's just, I thought the, their filming got delayed because of COVID, but they are done now. That was yeah, just what I was commenting. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So the release date, fingers crossed, July 15, 2022. Locations, Rio de Janeiro. Brazil has been confirmed uh, hasn't been confirmed or mentioned since 2019 but like it's you know like she alluded to it yeah. in the Twitter banner and everything another location is Berlin Germany China from set pictures okay so there are set pictures of China it's happening so that right there is our first corroboration between um, yeah. the leak and the actual onset or you know coverage in the real world right there Hogwarts which again was mentioned in the in the in the viewers leak or in in that sort of report uh, from the studio tour uh, bridge filming so Hogwarts again confirmed London the underground uh, King's Cross station right that's also confirmed Hogsmeade the Hogshead pub uh, and New York's unconfirmed information comes from a New York extra which you know the uh, viewer gave that explanation of the ICW over in Berlin so that we can see these. Um, uh, figures, you know, present at that dinner. So confirmed cast, Eddie Redmayne, Newt Scamander, Catherine Waterston, Porpentina, Goldstein, Alison Sudol, Queenie Goldstein, Dan Fogler, Jacob Kowalski, Jude Law, Albus Dumbledore, Mads Mikkelsen, Gellert Grindelwald, Ezra Miller, Credence Barebone, Aurelius Dumbledore, Callum Turner, Thesius Scamander, Victoria Yates, um, not related to David Yates, her name's Yates, <laughs> Bunty, uh, and uh, future Mrs. Theseus Commander, maybe, who knows? <laughs> nice theory, by the way. I love it. I ship them. I really do. Poppy Corby Turek, who has appeared on Speak Beastie, a uh, very, very lovely kindred show. Um, I have a couple of postcards of theirs. They're such a lovely kindred uh, podcast. I love them very much. And we uh, look forward to speaking with them at some point. A couple of those wonderful hosts there. I think they've gone into a bit of hibernation, but uh, it's all good. Like, there's always going to be omnidirectional stuff to discuss for us. So whatever cadence we decide, fortnightly, weekly, ad hoc, whatever, it's going to be good vibes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so Poppy, uh, yeah, manifesting to have her. She jumped on them with us, as vibes may. 
um, the actress who plays Ariana, right? That is something that I want to. I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you right now. She, she's a big, um, she's a big Instagram person. This, this figure. So Ariana Dumbledore, actress. And we're just gonna really just like okay, so okay, okay. Google behave. Hebe Bertzal. So she is on uh, Instagram. She's really rad and could easily see just sending, putting the feelers out. I don't know if I sent you like Danielle Basuti, who was in God of War. She jumped on one of our sister shows. So like we combine the community and the creators like together. So would you be up for like being on a sh on some shows with some of these actors and writers? Would you be into that? Um, I, I definitely would, but I must admit I'll come in probably very blind because I haven't, fine. <laughs> I'll talk to anybody. I mean, <laughs> you're one of the most like profoundly human people I've met. I think we all can relate to the human experience. I think the common ground would be very quick with whoever we bring on. And then eventually, yeah, Joe and, uh, and David Heyman, I would love to speak with him. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jessica Williams as well. Eulalie, I think she would have so much to say about what she's experienced. And I want to get her on too. I think she'd really be a, a really vibey guest for show. Um, uh, and another character, and but like uh, yeah, another actor I want to get on is William Nadilam uh, as uh, Yusuf Kama. He's he's also oh, very really vibey. Like I think he's been on some shows, yeah, yeah for show. Um, Jessica Williams, Yulali Hicks, Maya Bloom plays a character called Caro, uh, not too known of. Uh, interestingly, we'll find out probably more. Uh, Richard Coyle, Aberforth Dumbledore, Oliver, Oliver Masucci, head of the ICW, which is really rad. Alexander Kunznetov, unknown. Maria Fernanda Candido, unknown, but probably a um, Castilla Bruchu teacher, maybe. I could dig that. Um, Dave Wong, unknown. Paul Candelent, Grindelwald's bodyguard. Um, Ramona Kunze Livnell plays Edith. And uh, Paul Parker plays Vogel's bodyguard. Okay. So, supporting artist roles. Uh, dignitary in Santos's entourage. So, Santos is a name we may end up seeing with them. Um, the you know the brazilian wizarding world a uh, dark clad aura and grindelwald supporter so we have an extra in the hp pub probably the hogshead french ministry worker german muggle grindelwald supporter london tube commuter Makusa member magical shady train passenger Ministry. These are all future guests. We're all going to get these people like telling their stories. Oh, let's, let's get them all. Let's, let's get them like, all. Why not? Like, they're, they're hanging out on IMDb being like, okay, I can tell my story of being on the set for show and being part of this uh, experience. So ministry party guest, translator, interpreter, New Yorker, wizard on magical train, spy building worker, Tao supporter. So that's huge. Tao Chow. Like from the leak, he's like, because he, he was saying, oh, or they, she, she, or they were like, oh. It was like Chow or Dao or something. And then you yeah. see in the cast list, oh, Tao supporter. So yeah. that lends credence, you know, to to the set, uh, to, to, to the early viewing. Um, yeah, the viewer, like the, the leak or whatever, this, mm. this report. I, I just want to say, so credence, I, I, it's, it's a little bit of a tangent, but credence, credere in Italian means to believe. Credence mm -hmm. literally means to believe. And, and I would love the idea of, you know, that nomenclature being like Dumbledore would really believed he could bring Ariana back. And so now that name has that significance to me is that obviously Marie, Ma Mary Lou named him Credence, but I just love, you know, as Joe, maybe a little bit of a nod to, you know. Well, she's, she's doing that everywhere. You know, everything mm -hmm. has a meaning. Uh, I think yeah. the only thing was, uh, I could, um, Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, oh. <laughs> what do you call it? Um, 
can't say it. I forget it. I'm, That's okay. No, go. No, no. Is it a character? No, it's the um, from. I don't know. <laughs> you know that when your brain kind of clicks on one word and you can't remember what it really said. So you know the curse of death, right? Can you just remind me? Death, yeah. The 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 the, so the curse of death is um um. Oh my God, you're right. I'm having a brain brain fog now. Avada kedavra. Avada kedavra. That's it, Avada Kedavra, right? Yeah. Avada Kedavra, right. And yeah. that's like uh, Alakapra, you know, like that vis- uh, magical, uh, when the wizard, you know, like uh, magicians in the real world, they're yeah, like spinning around. Yeah, Abracadabra, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Was, she's just like twisting that word, but otherwise, I think this is like about the only one that doesn't have like an actual, like, you know, Latin root meaning mm. something deep down. Like everything else, you know, um, has some sort of, of meaning. I think, as far as I know, at least, that was the only one which is just kind of like taking a pun from additions. Yeah. Why, why did we forget that? Like, <laughs> No, it's fine. Hey, we've been talking for like almost five hours. This is going to be a fucking epic oh, okay, episode. Yeah, I was going to say, my so dad rad. is cooking right now, so dinner is going to be soon, and then I have to dash. I know you have to dash. Okay, and that's, the timing works out perfectly, so I'll, I'll wrap it up super quick. Uh, UK Ministry, wizard, wizard and like Villager. New characters, Eulalie, Santos, Vogel, and Tao. Um, I'll send you this link here, but basically, super quickly from interviews, Joe Rowling says, answers are given. David Yates says, there are very intricate, lovely beginning of FB3 where we discover a few things about the Dumbledore family. Again, backed up by the report. Uh, Eulalie Lally is a uh, cool, smart, witty, funny, charms professor at Ilvermorny. This is Jessica saying, speaking herself about her character. Lally's true glory is revealed in FB3, which obviously that amazing fight with Vinda is going to be incredible. And then her as a leader, most of all, uh, of the order. Dumbledore is acquiring his team while Grindelwald is acquiring his army. This is Dan Fogler says this. Uh, I'm using a new beast from China in FB3 as well. JK said this, and that, again, hits up with the, with the report. Uh, this is Dan Fogler saying, we will see Jacob worn down and that it has taken a toll on him, which is, you know, lines up with, uh, yeah, him being in a different space. You know, we hear that from other sources he's had, you know, Dan. Mm-hmm. The Nifl- two words, sorry, three, uh, four words. The Nifflers are back. <laughs> uh, Victoria. Well, they gotta be. They have, to, and the of Nifflers course. have. Like, I love the Nifflers because they're like. Sorry to say, they doesn't make sense to say they are the most best working lazy writing ever. Yeah, it's like, oh, we need to solve something. We just don't know how. Just release chaos with Nifflers and the fixes the problem. Yeah, perfect. You absolutely said it perfectly. <laughs> um, okay, so Bunty is the next one. Okay, so Bunty is still very in love with Newt and her character is expanding. She is more included, which perfectly works with now she's taken on this role of looking after these three boys, you know, uh, with yeah, and then Theseus, yeah, great theory there as well. Newt has outdoor swimming scenes, likely in China from the set picks, picks with, if he is, you know, trying to, you know, track down this beast, then there you go. Like that, that chase yeah. scene, you know, definitely. Uh, Jacob and Queenie have scenes together. This is from Dan Fogler. Dan also says Jacob and Grindelwald has a scene together, uh, which works out with what we were saying about like trying to get, you know, Queenie back and that those scenes of maybe him being, trying to be tempted or whatever, but he's like, has that solidarity. Mads says, Grindelwald's heterochromia will remain with the change of actor. Jude Law says, Dumbledore, Jacob, Lally, and Newt have a scene together. Uh, Jude Law says, um, Dumbledore's past gets explored in more detail. Oh, incredible. Uh, Jude also says, Dumbledore and Credence have a scene together on a street in Berlin, reminiscent of Once Upon a Time in the West, a a showdown with possible flashbacks. Come on. Like, and then... All that revelations about being this uh, entity that he made with 
like wanting to bring Ariana back, like all of that will be revealed. Uh, so uh, Jude Law will be touched. This is again, this is the hype. Okay. Jude Law says we will be touching on a sacrifice that Dumbledore made that we're investigating a little more of in this film. Like maybe he sacrificed some part of his humanity or whatever to give birth to Ariana or whatever. Um, uh, so he also says the Berlin set has four large intersections with trams and cars and hundreds of extras and shops. Uh, Eddie says there are no massively. Yeah, I know, right? Incredible. Uh, Eddie, uh, which is even more expanded than the Paris sets for sure. Uh, yeah, Eddie says that uh, there are no massively intimate scenes for Newt, but, uh, you know, I think because it's going to be more about him and his rage, I think, really stepping out. Because we saw those intimate scenes in the first two, and I think in number four, we're going to get even more of him and, and Tina for show. Um, Catherine says Tina and Grindelwald do not have any scenes together, which is interesting. Oliver Masucci says the head of the ICW um, has scenes with both Dumbledore and Grindelwald, which is, again, lines up with mads unmasking and wanting to come out fully into out of the shadows you know three more lines and then off you go to have dinner my love good vibes here we go okay so mad says grindelwald's interesting background is going to be explored a little more dan fogler then says uh, jacob is in a funk when we first meet him he's a guy who has lost a lot and usa today with mads mickelson and he says there is an epic ending battle including at least grindelwald and newt okay uh the tiny little bits at the end is Grindelwald's acolytes are sent to China in the opening of the film to retrieve a baby creature. And then the film is set in the winter in the early 1930s. We have now covered everything, my friend. I'm hyped. I'm so hyped and so ready for this. Good vibes. Wow. I, good I, vibes, I, definitely. Good vibes, absolutely. So what, uh, first of all, I want to say again, I have to renew this because this should always just be unfettered and just like, it bears repeating. I'm so grateful you exist for being who you are, doing what you do. I cannot wait to record with you again. And that's a true testament. We've been, we should we should technically be sick of each other, but it's five hours and I still love you very much. Like, you're the best. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize I, it was that late, you know, a while ago when my dad came in. I was like, are you making dinner? I was like, uh, yeah, what nope. time is it? I have no idea. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so it's I'm, been great. It's really been great. And, and been I'm great. excited to come again. I'm going to be a little bit busy this summer, but I'm... So I'm gonna join a new apprenticeship and move, and I'm settled, and I'm just good to go. So let's keep, in, I, you know, I'll uh, I'll throw you my email and other contact in the message, so then yeah. we are good to go. Totally, and you, you the, the mobile, whatever you're using, totally works. Your audio is really, really great, so that that makes it mobile and very able to do out in the field or whatever. Um, and, the other thing uh, I want to say is. My mobile could burn a hole through the floor right now if I put it down. It's so hot. It's so hot. Well, then, yeah, let's. We'll be more strategic. I'll this, something out. <laughs> totally. I think this ended up just being this this amazing unfettered experience of like, oh, the kindred yeah. spirits, so rad. But you know what? Um, so what? I have to ask you first before I tell you about what I'm doing. What is on for the rest of the day? Is it dinner and then it's sleep time? What time is it over there? Uh, right now it's let's just see it's almost seven o'clock um okay. so yeah we'll yeah. have some dinner and um, my father and my brothers are going on a little holiday tomorrow so we're just gonna have like a little family dinner tonight and then we'll catch up again later in the week and i think my night is probably going to be watching a movie with my mom and beautiful then sometimes i'm gonna play some video games and then go to bed <laughs> we'll tell each and every one of them and they'll be they'll probably be like what but tell them that I that like this one random Australian dude loves each of them very much, and that they I have raised. Tell, 
yeah. everyone around you that this Danish girl says hi and um, all the best wishes and love and care. Love and care. Okay, so keep the cheer going. I'm going to edit this. It's going to be on Apple, Spotify. Yes. A nice big four to five hour chat. What an amazing journey. Here's to onwards forth with more kindred conversations with you and your beautiful soul. Big hugs. Keeping up the magic. Keep up the magic. Love and light to you, okay? Till soon, okay? Bye. Thank you for everything. Bye and bye, everybody. Thank no you worries. for coming along for this. Yeah, <laughs> bye. Onwards forth. Bye, 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 bye. bye. Thank you.